Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Filmiac Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. And today we're gathered again to discuss another movie with another guest host, uh, former co-host of the What We Watched podcast, just a magnificent little podcast you'll find on YouTube. Uh, Our friend Rustin is joining us today. Hello, Rustin. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for picking uh, the movie that we're going to be discussing, which is John Carpenter's 1986 film Big Trouble in Little China, starring Kurt Russell and uh, every Asian actor ever uh, From born. the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, Except Ma- Mako is not in it, which is weird. Yeah. He seemed like he would he should be in this. He's probably well, well, I think he's, he's not, though. I think he's <laughs> Japanese, oh. so that's prob- that was probably... Oh. American audiences can't tell the difference, you know? No, but... Um, <laughs> I feel like less well, than a third of those people were actually... There. I don't know about that. I actually... Uh, well, we'll talk about it more in the actual discussion, but I yeah, felt yeah. like the uh, the Chinese woman in it at the center of it, uh, Meow Ming or whatever her name is. Meow Yin. Yeah, she... Uh, at first I was like, is this like an, is this like an American actress that they made look Asian? But I yeah, think it's just because she was yeah. wearing her con- the, the yeah. green contacts. Yeah, I mean, right. when you first see her, you're like, is, yeah, yeah. Is this, they, they doing that stuff from like the uh, 40s and 60s. Yeah, I was weirded out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to be discussing that as well as other things we watched. Uh, and uh, quite a bit of news. And finally... After weeks and weeks and weeks of complaining, somebody heard us, and we have multiple feedbacks this week. So, yeah. stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Uh, was that you drinking Promise Land there? Yeah, bud. Huh? Better get that away from Jonathan. Am I right? <laughs> Jonathan was talking about how he's uh, he's good straight in the vein. He's had t- he's had too <laughs> much uh, Promise Land chocolate milk, and now you've got a little intolerance, huh? Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, not even kidding. Me. Wow. Like, I can eat cereal, sort of, but if it's straight milk, no, it's straight milk. Like, <laughs> it goes in one hole and out the other. But, you know, cheese. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Totally fine. It's just milk. It's just milk. So it's not a lactose intolerance yeah. so much as a milk intolerance. Yeah, 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 I don't know. It's weird. Can you drink chocolate milk still? I haven't really tried since. You should try. The incident. <laughs> get, a, get a cup. <laughs> I work at a grocery store, so yeah. Like, right, yeah, yeah. Infinite supply of promised land. Yeah. <laughs> right. the you, only just, you just grab it off the shelf and drink it. You don't pay for it. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. The only thing I can say to that is lately, like in the past like week, I've been drinking like a shit ton of water, and it's really, really, really helped my digestion. Now, obviously, you got to pee a lot, so I don't know if that would help you because you work in a pretty high-stress environment, Yeah. but, you know, it helps. Switch over to almond milk. Really though, yeah, good. It's yeah. Good. almond good milk, almond milk rules, yeah. Yeah, it's especially good. the chocolate almond, like the silk. It's actually it's really incredibly good, good with cereal. Mm. Uh, it's like better. Than I, don't, I disagree with it's that. It's amazing. It's not. It. It's not. It tastes as good amazing as in uh, Starbucks frappuccinos. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've never had it with coffee. I don't think <laughs> I have. I've had a the, no. That's not true. I had the coconut almond milk with uh, with a coffee once. It was mm. all right. Mm. Anyway, this doesn't have anything to do with movies, and this is a movie podcast. So uh, first news, I think. I mean, I think we're just going to skip over trailers because these trailers that I posted to the blog, they're not terribly exciting. So let's just jump right over that into the the uh, mildly big news, I think, of Tarantino confirms the full cast list for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, his 10th right. his film, even though he would consider it his ninth film because he's a piece of shit and he <laughs> wants to cheat about his filmography. Oh, you're going to do 10 movies, but Kill Bill is one movie. Fuck you, Tarantino. Fuck you. 
I'm sorry. Um, was that what it was, or did he like not count Death Proof? No, he didn't count Kill Bill. He counts Kill Bill as one. Okay, okay. Volume one and two of the same right. movie. He's a All real right. piece of shit that way. I fucking hate this guy. He's, he's going to keep making... He's not going to just make ten movies. Well, he says this is his second to last film. Mm. That's what he says. Anyways, this movie is uh, the much uh, controversial uh, Manson mm. murder movie starring yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt right. as, a, as an actor and a stunt a double. Bloodbath. Maybe. Uh, there, <laughs> what's interesting about this cast list is that there's no one cast as Manson yet. Hmm. But there are, like, ev- like the other people are, are ca- like, um, Dakota Fanning's playing Squeaky Fromm and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like his family members are in it. And yeah. Burt Reynolds plays George Spann, the, uh, the L.A. ranch owner who let him you know let live at his ranch so it's right. like clearly manson's gonna be in the movie yeah and i don't think any like uh margot roby is playing uh sharon tate mm-hmm. but i don't think anyone's playing polanski well i think Polans- oh, I, well, I mean he was I probably doubt, out yeah, he was doing out, i think he was stuff, out of the country so. at the time so i don't, I don't right, think, right, I don't think right. he'll even be in the movie necessarily but yeah yeah damian lewis as steve mcqueen i think it's pretty <laughs> solid casting yeah, uh, yeah luke perry as a fictional actor uh mm-hmm. emile hirsch is in this Clifton Collins Jr. is in it. A lot, just a lot of actors. Al Pacino plays uh, what's his face's agent, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's agent. Right. So that'll be fun. And then Mike No as Bruce Lee. Have you looked up what Mike No looks? Mike Mo looks like? No. He looks just like Bruce Lee. Oh it's my goodness! Insane. How is Bruce Lee tied into this? Uh, the international actor stuntman who choreographed fight scenes for The Wrecking Crew, which starred Sharon Tate. Following her murder, he attended her funeral and was also privately investigated, according Whoa. to independent.co.uk. Whoa. Wow. That's... So, of course, because no he's, he's not American. He's an Asian, so he might have committed the murder, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Any ideas for Manson? Uh, I don't know. Well, other actors who have been cast, but their their roles aren't clear, are Zoe Bell, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, Kurt Russell, Timothy Oliphant, James Marsden, Julia Butters, James Remar... Martin Cove, who's the the yeah, guy from Karate Kid, the right. villain in Karate Kid, um, and other people I don't know. So I, I would say out of this list, I would think it's like James Marsden might be. He would be good. Or, or Timothy uh, Oliphant, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They're, so, they're such pretty boys, they'd probably want to cast them as like actors. Like in the, Frank James, though, maybe? Frank James. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe James Frank. Well, he's not listed in the cast. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's hard to say at this point. Uh which direction he's going with. I mean, maybe he will, maybe he won't have Manson in the movie, you know, maybe it's too, hmm. too high profile for him. He wouldn't want, although he had an actor play Hitler in the, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think of this cast in this movie? Is it look interesting to you guys? I think it looks interesting, but interesting and good aren't necessarily the same things. So I yeah. think, I think it's like a, for a lot of people, including me you just have to have like faith in tarantino that he knows you know what his movie's going to be and he's yeah. clearly excited about it and it's i'm excited just to see like pitt and uh dicaprio work off each other that'll be interesting you yeah know? yeah they're, they're mm-hmm. two huge superstars so yeah i mean tarantino is definitely one of those guys that you kind of have to like he himself is like you said a scuzzy fuck face mm-hmm. but some of the movies he makes I mean, yeah, are pretty per- good. Personally, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like I said about James Woods last week. He's a right, piece right, of shit right. yeah. in reality, but he's a good actor. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? You know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that's that. Uh, in other news, uh, Criterion is releasing. Well, I get almost almost every Ingmar Bergman film. Almost, on I Criterion. think it's like all at least all of his like theatrical releases 
but uh, they're like he did like a lot of TV movies towards the end of his career, and doesn't look like there are a lot of those on there. But um, like uh, Shame and Passion of Anna and Serpent's Egg are all now on Criterion, where they were just released by MGM before. So, I guess the real question about this one is. Uh, this how is this going to fuck up Jr. Because this is like a massive influx of Criterion oh, movies now that sure. he has to watch. Like, yeah, and I'm sure he's seen some of them before, but there's oh, got to yeah, be a yeah. few in here he hasn't seen. So now he's going to be forced to watch all these Bergman movies. Yeah, you know, like as quickly as possible because I know he hates being you know out yeah, of touch. Like, I'm pretty sure next time he's in here, he'll just like you know be kind of like pale, kind of shivering, and like <laughs> he'll be watching. You know, like during the like podcast. mid like midway th- <laughs> midway through, he'll just like take out this Pepto Bismol and just chug it. I thought you were gonna say he takes out a revolver and then swallows a bullet. You know, <laughs> just like blows his brains all over your kitchen. I hope not. It could go either way. That's true. That's yeah. true. How much does this thing cost? Three hundred dollars for pre order right now. So yeah, and yeah. how many titles? Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah, and a two hundred and forty eight page book. That's right. Pretty cool. I mean, it's a cool set. It's it'd be nice to have. Uh, you definitely. I mean, you got to wait for a half off sale on this one. You know, <laughs> oh for sure. Who's going to spend three hundred dollars on Blu-ray? Well, I mean, you know, unless you're got. Money I gotta ask. You got still money. no Thirteenth Warrior. No, no, never. It will never happen. Thirteenth Warrior will eventually come out on Blu-ray. I have faith on that, but it, it, there's no way it'll get Criterion treatment. It's just not considered high enough for Criterion. Like Criterion's snooty, man. You know what I mean? Like mm. they they put certain stuff they out used there. To not be that way. I agree. They used to put out Michael Bay movies. You know what I mean? The Rock yeah, is on yeah. Criterion. But it's like, just recently, it's just all kind of... Uh, and, and a lot of like film school kid trash. Like 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 every Wes Anderson movie gets released, pretty much. You know? Instantly. Uh, like, Not instantly. I can tell you that. Really? Like, election no, got like, it took like it took like four years for them to put out Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, uh, I mean, not... And yeah, Grand I mean, Budapest has been out for four years, and it's they still haven't... Oh, okay. Announced. Okay. They're probably. I'm sure it'll. For eventually... a while, though, every movie was was out. Well, and yeah, they, yeah. And they've certainly released everything except for the last two. So yeah, it's yeah. like, so. you know, you can expect them. It's just, it just feels like, you know, they were like even like Virgins. Like I like Virgin Suicides, but like they released Virgin Suicides and Election. I mean, these mm-hmm. movies are not. They're good movies. They're fantastic, but they're definitely like you know they're the ones that are generating the money for them. Like they're yeah, the yeah. ones that allow them to release a Bergman box set yeah like <laughs> I'm, I'm sure like lost in translation and like probably all of sophia coppola's canon will eventually be on there yeah i could see that well maybe well, not the beguiled but yeah was it bad no i liked it but uh, i don't think a lot of people did yeah. um anyway uh yeah so that's cool one last piece of news perhaps the most just confounding joaquin phoenix to play the joker in the todd phillips's joker origin film produced by martin scorsese uh, what? A, dar- a <laughs> what? darker, a darker take on the clown prince of crime. Uh, just stop. I, I, want, I, want, I, I, I would sacrifice all comic books, just like erase comic books from history to like get rid of this shit. I'm so tired of comic book movies. I think I, if, I'm so tired of it. I think if Scorsese <laughs> was actually directing and had like a bigger creative part of this movie, then I would be. A little more excited about and then it because I'd be I really think scared. I would be too. I'd be terrified. I can see what you're saying, well, Kevin, but sleep like, yeah, that'd be yeah. <laughs> I'd ha- no, I'd well, see both. it, and it, I mean, it, there's no like, way part, that part wouldn't of be me disappointing. would think like, yeah, this could be this could be fantastic. Yeah, but then part of me would be like, mm, you know, yeah. I wonder. It, if- it would be a very back and forth kind of thing. 
This is the first I've heard of this. Uh, I wonder if it would be a uh, <clears throat> if uh, Phoenix would go for like his own interpretation of the Joker, or he would try to like mimic a uh, Mark Hamill, you know, version of the Joker. Which here we go. <laughs> <laughs> which th- without you know, I don't know. That would be uh, pretty funny, right? Yeah, because <laughs> to, to even no matter who does any type of Joker or like cartoon or anything, just the animated series Batman is the only thing that exists, and that's the Joker it, that's from the Batman brother is that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That is where this content should stay. It should stay in the animated just realm, child friendly, yeah, yeah. but also you know, it, 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 well, stop it. Just I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Kind of darker uh, child, like child friendly. Yeah, yeah. So, like it's yeah, yeah, teen area. Like you know Mask I mean? of the Phantasm is a dark film. I mean, it's got yeah, yeah, death yeah. in it and like murder and blood. And, you're right. So yeah, it's not and like, for children as yeah, and even a lot of the episodes, like you watch them as an adult, you're like, ooh, yeah. whoa, 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 <laughs> hang on. It's a very well produced. Uh, yeah, <laughs> film and television series, but I and I think it's a lot better than. I mean, I th- I feel like it's kind of like the hipster thing to say at this point, like that it's yeah. Mark Hamill is the best Joker, or that uh, Batman the animated series is the best Batman. But it just is. I was like, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, how do you argue with it? You know what I mean? mean? Like the yeah. Nolan films are trash. We've yeah. reassessed those. They're garbage. Uh, I yes. mean, the Burton films. I don't. I haven't seen the first one since I was a kid. But I watched Returns not too too long ago, and it was disappointing. I watched so. the original Batman, uh, the original Burton one. Yeah, it was a, a couple of years ago, and it wasn't. Like, yeah. good See, at all. Kim just, ba- I mean, you got a Kim Basinger in your movie. It's terrible. And yeah, Prince yeah. does the soundtrack. I mean, blow me. Come I mean, on. honestly, <laughs> yeah. honestly, like thinking about myself, I watched it as like when I was. 10 years old it would rule but like just watching it as an adult right. it just it, it it the i mean there's a lot of just there's a lot of cheesy stuff in it and if you look at batman especially with the old costume which was a big thing that people talk about you know he's every time he turns around he's gonna turn his whole body which would be just the most <laughs> aggravating he, he wouldn't be able to fight or you know it's so much yeah. so many restrictions i don't it's know brutal but uh yeah. you know i i think uh that this new movie i like i don't mind todd phillips I'm not a big. I'm not a fan of most of his movies, but I liked his last uh, film, War Dogs, which kind of delved into more dramatic territories. And mm-hmm. I think he's got a like good aesthetic. I think he, his movies look good. So yeah. even like the ones like I hate The Hangover, but I think it's well shot and you know made and everything. So uh, I you know I could see it being entertaining at least, uh, especially if they go hard R with it. That yeah, could be yeah. good, you know. Like I was, ultra violent. <laughs> I I saw something about like they're. Like, apparently the Joker is going to be portrayed as, like, a stand-up comic. So, like, if they if they say... If they do something like, like Lenny Bruce, where he's, like, really just, you know... You know, swinging for the fences as far as, like, getting getting people to, to hate him. And, like, right. you know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe like Ma, it's a movie. Mob Boss's own the it, club that he's yeah. working at. It's not even don't... about the Joker. It's just about like Jack Napier as yeah, a yeah. stand-up comic, right? It's yeah. not even about crime or anything. It's just like his stand-up routine. Yeah, it's a comedy. I'd yeah. be into that. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, that would like yeah, yeah. subvert this. And whole then in like the last level. five yeah. minutes, he becomes the Joker, and that's the end of the movie. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. That would piss off so many people. Yeah, or like the better yet, the last five minutes, he kills the Waynes. Like he he gets down on his luck. It's all about him being a, a stand-up comic, but he's like failing constantly because he's not funny. And yeah, then he just yeah. like constantly, constantly, and then he finally becomes homeless and he has to resort to crime. And then he kills the Waynes while robbing them. The end of the movie. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 
Why why aren't we in Hollywood? Um, yeah. So no one would ever pay to see that. Well, was I, it, I would. Wasn't it in one episode of the animated series that they did some origins with the Joker, and he was a stand-up comic before they he... did the origins in Mask of the Fan- not really origins, but they showed him before he was the Joker in Mask. Oh, of the it was Mask Phantasm. of the yeah, okay. Was, I don't know I if he was, he was, a he was like a thug. Right? Yeah, he was. He was basically like uh, you know just throwaway kind of thug who like a hood yeah, yeah basically but there was an episode of the animated series where they basically take what's in the killing joke where he's like you know where he like, paralyzes gordon's daughter no like um <laughs> there's like like he's you know kind of a regular schmo who's got a family and like I think there's also like he's trying to be a stand-up comedian. Oh, okay. I, didn't, I don't and, think I've seen that and episode. Like, and like he, uh, he's not funny, and then something happens. Like he needs he needs money, so he gets taken in on this. Uh, Becomes a criminal. Yeah, he like tries to help out with this robbery, and of course it's at the chemical plant, and then Batman shows up, messes the whole thing up, and then he falls in the vat and becomes the Joker with the the bleached out face, but um. Sounds great. I'm gonna have mm. to go back. I have all the seasons on uh, DVD. I'll have to go mm. back and look at look look that up. Can't wait for them to finally announce when the Blu-ray is coming out. Might be waiting a while. Okay, let's uh, move on to what we watched. Um, and I guess I I do I have a lot of things to talk about this week. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be combining a lot. <laughs> so actually, I'll, I'll I'll just go ahead and start since I have I have so many. Uh, normally, we would start with our guest Rustin here, but. I just, I'm sorry, Rustin. No, it's okay. Okay. I'm sure I have less than you. (laughs) Uh, So I'll just burn through two of them real quick. I watched uh, The Brave, which is um, Johnny Depp's directorial debut, but also the only movie he's directed from 1997, starring Johnny Depp. I talked about the first 10 minutes of it last week. Oh, that's right. Uh, Finished it. Finished watching it. And uh, it's not very good. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, that's that. Oh well, yeah. the best scene in it happens in the first twenty minutes, and Marlon Brando's in it, and that's pretty cool. But the rest of it's pretty pretty ridiculous. I wrote a review of it for the blog, so if you're mm. interested, go read the review. Uh, I gave it a two and a half out of five. Dang. Um, yeah, I think Johnny Depp is uh, just a really shitty person. <laughs> like, I just don't like the guy at all. He's a hack. Yeah, he's a he's a real hack in every conceivable way. Um. And then I watched, uh, just to keep the Indian thing going, I watched Thunderheart, starring Val Kilmer. Mm. Fuck yeah. Directed by Michael Apted, which is... Uh, oh, yeah, that squib yeah. scene you said. There's an amazing, just in the first like minute of the movie, there's just these incredible squibs on this guy who gets just annihilated with an M16. <laughs> and uh, the kind of whole movie is like, set around uh, a murder, and it's investigated by the FBI, and they send in Val Kilmer because he's like 116th Cherokee or something. <laughs> so, they think, <laughs> so they think that like he'll like they'll talk to him because he's he's an Indian, you know? Right. <laughs> and uh, Sam Shepard is his partner, and Sam Shepard's very good in it. I really mm. liked him. Uh, and Val Kilmer's okay in it. He's not great. And the movie itself is pretty goofy. Yeah. It's a lot more like a lot less. I thought it was more like an action movie, like uh-huh. a. Like he goes to the reservation and then they try to kill him or something. He has to like fight his way out, but it's really not like there's no action in it at all. It's just like an in, he's investigating and he meets uh, some Indian woman and they don't really like fall in love or anything, which is good. But it's like you know she's it's like about these two uh, sex of um, the Indian population. Like one of them is like okay with the government 
interference in their reservation and one of them's not and there's uh, like terrorism stuff i don't know it's just it's based on a, a real life thing that happened in the 70s but it's just not very i don't know it's kind of kind of kind of boring all around but anyway i also gave that a two and a half but val kilmer rules watched a lot of val kilmer movies and a lot of kurt russell movies this week yeah, yeah. for some reason Russell rules. We'll, we'll get into that. A though. fucking men, brother. Uh, Rustin, what'd you watch? All right. The first thing on my list is, uh, and I won't go into any detail because y'all talked about it last podcast, but uh, I'll start with Sicario Day of, uh, or De La, El, or Sol, El Soldado, <laughs> Del Soldado, I think. I don't I, I'm not. I only had two years of Spanish, and I'm terrible. Um, <laughs> Dios de Soldado? No, Dios is God, right? Oh, is it? Yeah. Would, what is Dia? Dia. Day? It would Dia? Dia. Mañana? Dia. Oh, Dia. Dia. Dia? Mañana is tomorrow. Mañana. Dia. Mañana? Mañana de Soldado. You just said like eight words. None of them are day. Okay. But anyways, I'll just start. I gave this a four and a half. It was fantastic. Um It'll probably, I don't know, it's just on a rewatch, it'll probably go up. I don't know, we'll see. Uh, I just, I didn't, the only reason it wasn't, I didn't give it a five was it just, I recently watched uh, Sicario. Uh, I think it was, well, not too recently, but it was the end of last year. But, um, and that on the rewatch was just a flawless five. And uh, this, like what y'all have talked about was I think lacking some elements like that uh, that Emily Blunt added to the first one, mm-hmm. but I mean like her sweet ass. <laughs> Am I right, brother? I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but but their character was awesome. I just like the, the character she had in the movie. Um, also, uh, it was lacking m- my boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my boy, my boy, Burnthal, Burnthal, right? <laughs> well, even though he was a little candy, but but anyways, um, in this movie, uh, uh, Del Toro was uh, he was still Solid Snake, just awesome, and uh, and uh, uh, Brolin was actually just even more so a badass in this movie. I felt like the movie was almost like. Almost sixty percent about him, and then, then about you know forty percent Del Toro. And sure, it was really good. Just you know, just like y'all y'all talked about it. Like everybody comes across like those guys are hiding in the back of a truck, and he says, "Stand up, stand up!" Like you're under arrest, and then he just executes all of them, and they're like, amazing. "Get out of here!" It was <laughs> amazing. It was intense, but uh, yeah, really, really good. One thing we didn't talk about is just like the like the practical effects, like not even an effect, but just the fact that they actually had the helicopter in it. Oh yeah, like the Blackhawk, and they like landed in front of the truck on the road. Like that was incredible. Whenever they were, uh, the two Blackhawks were chasing the truck. It, it, I thought it was CG for me, yeah. but no, it's no, it's yeah, all it's real. All real. It's, it's, pretty, it's amazing pretty crazy, looking. Yeah, yeah. actually, and I'm gonna say like, like in the uh, first movie, that scene when they're driving, very you know, it almost parallels the uh, scene when they first enter Mexico in the uh, first movie to collect the yeah. uh, prisoner. That scene when they're driving in, trying to take the girl back. Like for, for the longest time, I was just like, I knew something was going to happen, but it was just so tense. They just did it so well. Just I was just ready to jump out of my seat, you know, with the exception of the every every like you know, f- ten fifteen seconds. Why is he going on there? Oh no, we don't just let, 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 these fucking old people that were sitting next to us. that wouldn't oh, yeah. shut the fuck Brutal. up. Oh. Uh, and I'll yeah, I'll, sure I'll stop there. About that later. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, not I, to spoil I, it. I, I discussed I discussed uh, that last week that 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 issue. Yes. Yeah, it was brutal. But I, 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 I just thought I'd bring it up yeah, again because it, it honestly, I need to. I really want to rewatch it because I feel like I was distracted some at some well many points during the movie because mm. of that. And just like, why can't you just stay home and? Talk at a you know I don't know just stay home and just drink cyanide and die you <laughs> fucking pieces of shit like you don't des- they, these people are useless s- like s- pustules on society we don't need them they need to be killed oh, wow not by me but legally by a government <laughs> entity <laughs> they just line them up on the wall outside the theater and execute them get Josh Brolin in here <laughs> stand up stand up and then just pop them in the head wow. Too bad this wasn't in 3D. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah, that's great. So four and a half on that one. Mm. All right. It is Dia. Dia is dead. Dia. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Jonathan, what did you watch? Went to the theater and saw Jurassic World for some fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it was free. Oh, yeah, well. Allison and Annie were like, we got to go to see Jurassic World. I'm like, all right. It's free. It, you know, it's How free. is it free? Because of the passes? Yeah, the passes oh, okay, that cool. John got us because yeah. he bitched about the other movie. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry that you wasted them on this shit. <laughs> so is he. So you watch Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the new uh, masterpiece uh, starring Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Talk about, like, uh, just garbage. I mean, I, I, I think you liked it a little bit, didn't you? I, I thought I, it was I'll, okay. I'm going to talk complete shit about this. No, I, that is, I really it's fine. This. Like, I like, I like the first half of it. It's like super long, that. of course. It's the mm. longest fuck. So 20 minutes in, I'm already ready to leave. It's just like garbage. Um, but they set it up pretty well. Like, I'm like, okay, like the dinosaurs are going to like fucking take over the world, and it's going to be like fucking tanks versus dinosaurs or some shit. Yeah, military versus dinosaurs. Where's that movie? Where the fuck is that movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, where is the all-out war? No. It's just this little mansion with, like, an underground lair. It's, like, this – it's really cheesy, and they're, like, making, like, weaponizing dinosaurs for, the for like, a, for international, like, bad guys. And then they have, like, the – they have the auction scene where they're auctioning just, off. The, just I'm just go stop. Ahead. Let's move on. <laughs> it was, it was it's, terrible. It's one of the ones on my list, so I'll go ahead and just add to yeah, it. Yeah, sure. So Talk about it. Yeah. Anyways, for me, I gave it a two and a half because the first half I was – I was actually kind of into it, and at the very beginning, they showed off the Mosasaur, which is the giant, like, it's the massive alligator-slash-fish dinosaur. Right. Or I don't even know if it's a dinosaur, but it's, you know, it's it's the biggest thing ever. Didn't get to see and that. that. Like, they showed it for a little bit, and I'm into that because that stuff terrifies they me. They Massive leviathans. Yeah, they only showed it for a little bit, and then it, it like... It, it get, swims? Like, it's in the water? Yeah, it's... A, oh, okay. it's yeah, and, and basically, yeah, it... It honestly is like a more grander, like grander scale epic of uh, the Lost World. Yeah, it's, a re- it's, it's like a carbon it's, copy it's almost of shit. that movie, except the Dude. only difference is uh, has the raptor relationship, Chris Pratt thing. Oh, Which, Which is if I was like, see if I was about seven years head. old seeing you know Jurassic Park for the first time in my mind that would be like the greatest fantasy ever to have your own pet raptor with your friend. Not, you're not but yeah, I'm not yeah. seven years old anymore. <laughs> But for, well, for seven years old, seven year old seeing this, that it's yeah. awesome. To be but fair, like, you know, to be fair, this movie is kind of made for seven year olds. Yeah, though, that, so, that I too. Mean, I mean, you know, because it's not. There's not a, like I was wanting to see in the first movie. They actually had some like you know men versus raptors guns, and they killed. And that I wanted to see that since the first movie. Clever so, girl, you know. Right? Yeah, yeah. But this one, there wasn't. I mean, they had dudes. I don't know. It, it just. 
it, it fell apart towards the end for me. <laughs> completely. So, and it was too long. Yeah. Uh, it was excruciatingly long. How about the acting? I mean, there's great actors in this Awful movie. Just... <laughs> Just, just it was basically a how about Star Lord and running around. You how know, about just Gold the same Blum, thing. Though, isn't he in it for like two seconds? He's in it for two seconds. Yeah, yeah. He just he's basically playing. Yeah, he's like you know. Uh, Did he talk I'm, about chaos theory again? No, he was basically. <laughs> like, he I'm up. by myself, uh, ta- 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 talking to myself. That's that's chaos. You know, he was, right, yeah. it was that for he's about setting up the third seconds. movie. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Is the third movie wow. going to be the post-apocalyptic tanks on? I the, hope. Uh, apparently, that's what they kind of lead it. Uh, well, uh, uh, at the end, all the, I'm spoiling this because if you go see this, you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> you're an idiot. Y- yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you pay to see this, you're an idiot. I'm not an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice no, but all the dinosaurs, there. all the dinosaurs escape the mansion at the end, so they they're all in the world. Why? So wow. they so some like crazy millionaire was keeping the dinosaurs as pets in a mansion. Yeah. No, he was capturing uh, capturing them. them. They were supposed to bring them to a new island to, to make sure they oh, live, but. His underling who worked for him is actually planning to kill him, of course, you know, and and he he controls the assets of the company. So he was going to just sell them all to like, you know, right. And he sold off several of them before and they got away at the end. Suffocates him with a pillow. Suffocates the dinosaur with a pillow? No, suffocates the the rich dude. (laughs) Oh, I see. Is is it Attenborough's son or something? I will say there's one brother. There's one thing. Is it really? Okay. There's one thing in there that I liked and I thought was kind of cool. Mm hmm. And it's where uh, this rich guy, he's, uh, he's you know, uh, I, f- I don't I forget the actor's name who plays him, but he's, uh, you know, obviously he's like probably 75 or, or close to 80s, and he's bedridden, and he's not in good health. And he's got this little granddaughter in the mansion, supposed to be his <laughs> granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And now there's a, there's a twist, a spoiler coming up. You find out later that, you know, this makes sense, She was too. cloned. Yeah. <laughs> she's a clone of her, she's a clone of his daughter. And it it, it, it it makes sense because you know that's why you've never heard of this brother because like oh they 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 were they you know that was too far to clone humans oh uh, yeah yeah it's yeah. it controversial <laughs> I'm sorry dude I really implants hate. those aren't your memories they're someone else's they're Tyrell's nieces I hated this movie I'm sorry <laughs> it's okay. no I just like I like the element because that would have made total sense that they're cloning dinosaurs why not i just like that why that not was, clone humans the, the, actually it like they're leading on to the, like the whole point for the, yeah. the dinosaur the dinosaur thing was almost like you know it was, it was just a byproduct with the actual goal of this guy who was backing hammond and working with hammond was to clone his daughter that was like well you know it, it was kind of like gotten really into kind of a science i don't know i feel like yeah. the bigger question would be but it was really out of nowhere, so I feel like the right. bigger, the better question would be if if you're able to clone dinosaurs, why do we need to save the dinosaurs? Yeah, like just wow. kill them, make another batch, right? You know what I'm saying? Like they spend so much time trying to protect the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. you can just make more. Yep. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, right. And at the end, all the dinosaurs get loose. And I'm like, okay, so there's like, there's like <clears throat> fifteen to twenty, maybe thirty dinosaurs on the loose. And, and I, I, you know the next movie is going to be like all-out war against dinosaurs because they re- reproduce like rabbits, apparently, which I'm pretty sure Life finds they a fucking way. don't. Right. <sighs> I'm, uh... Well, I would like to see... Animals that huge are not going to gestate that fast. I'm sorry. Like, it's, it's, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, 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 no. But like you said, Jonathan, it's, I would like to see... It's all, so it's all like, like T-Rexes and, <laughs> you know, mega T-Rexes and all that shit? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. I would like to see Abrams tanks, like Jonathan said, against like T Rexes and stuff. That would be kind of cool to see them get blown <laughs> apart. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, I don't know. well, uh, what'd you give this, Jonathan? 
gave it a one, but in retrospect, it's it's a it's a zero. I hated it. Oh, okay. No, nothing worse, uh, worse than found. Okay, I'll give, it, I'll, <laughs> give it, I'll give it. I'll give it a half star. I'll give it a half or like star. Point two five or something. According to uh, Florida, I got an icy in the theater, so. I'll, st- oh, okay. I'll, stick to, I'll stick to the one. I'll stick to uh, one. According to Florida State University. Dot edu, uh, <laughs> a uh, Tyrannosaurus rex, rex hatches from its eggs in three to six months. Mm, so that's not that long at all. It's not yeah. a lot shorter than a, a human. Yeah, but what's the... Cl- clearly you're wrong. <laughs> okay, and they researched the fuck out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but what's like the reproduction... Like what's the the litter size? You know what I mean? Uh, How many eggs do they lay? Yeah. Let's see. How so, many eggs? So is this is this like some kind of like weird ass Noah's Ark where there's like two of every dinosaur no, there, were, so they there can... was not two of each no they're all female oh that's right, right. That's... but life finds a way right. no but they've been spliced with the DNA of a frog so they're able to like oh they can asexually yeah. reproduce or something according uh, to the first movie if they were like that's birds book, uh, this think. is from uh, scholastic.com dinosaur eggs and babies if they were like birds and laid eggs only once a year with a nest size of 10 to 15 eggs you can make a guess, but to do so, you would have to estimate how many years an adult dinosaur could reproduce, and that is hard to do. Okay, so that says not. So, <laughs> what we know now about dinosaurs, though, is that they are like birds, and they were covered in feathers, right? I mean, like, so, like, the dinosaurs in this movie aren't dinosaurs at all. Like, they didn't really exist in the way that we see them in the films, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think we've... Uh, and the atmosphere back then was completely different. More oxygen-rich, so I don't even think yeah, a dinosaur yeah. would even fucking survive in our environment. <laughs> Like a, that's an interesting. That's, I, that's a, an interesting point. Actually, I never yeah, thought about like that. Like, yeah, yeah. There was I, no pollution at all. It's like a completely different atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, I remember in my like last geology class, like apparently that like snakes could be like a million feet long because oh, yeah. there was so much oxygen massive in the atmosphere. Animal. Insects so, like, were fucking massive. Oh yeah, it's it's just, yeah, yeah. Totally atmosphere, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, this is great because uh, I'm just so looking forward to talking about a sound of thunder now. Uh, but after Kevin. It's just because it's about dinosaurs as well. Go ahead. <laughs> so after watching Florida Project last week, I watched Tangerine mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. didn't really like it. I thought it was pretty annoying for the most part. Like, like after, like you know, they say like, "bitch," like seven thousand times within like the first ten minutes, and I'm like, "Yeah, all the right." The characters are definitely obnoxious. Right. Yeah, yeah, they're very obnoxious and like, I don't, like. One of the things that I thought was kind of interesting about Florida Project was the fact that there was so little music in it. Uh-huh. Like, but in this one, it's like there's barely a minute that goes by without some obnoxious uh, dubstep yeah. thing going on. So, like, yeah, gave that one a two. I remember the thing I I I, I liked the movie overall, but I remember the mm. problem I had with it was the. Um, because he's like Armenian or something, the taxi cab driver. Yeah, yeah. I really felt like every time they cut to him and his story, I was just like completely out of it. I was like, this is boring. Get back to the two trannies. Like, I, like you know, yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. want to see them going across the city like they were. And it just felt like they just cut the story in half that way. I don't know. Yeah. It felt really clumsy. But, um, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, well, I uh, watched a movie called A Sound of Thunder, which uh, I don't think anybody saw came out in 2005 it's directed by um 
the guy, Peter Hyams, who directed 2010 uh, and uh, also Time Cop, which I'll also talk about in a minute. And Outland. And Outland, uh, yeah. Which I haven't seen. I'm looking forward to watching Outland. Uh, But uh, this movie, A Sound of Thunder, is based on a Ray Bradbury short story called A Sound of Thunder. Mm. Stars Edward Burns as a safari guide Hmm. at a place called Time Safari. Which is a place in the in the year 2050 in Chicago where they can send you back in time to the Jurassic period, where you mm. hunt dinosaurs. So sounds scary as fuck. Yeah. So like right away, I'm like, that sounds equal parts retarded yeah. and scary as hell, right? <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, I gotta see this movie because it just it just seemed like kind of like it could be cool and maybe people just didn't get it. Right, so people got it and it wasn't good. No, people didn't didn't <laughs> see it. But I turn it on and I'm watching it, and just right off the bat, just a huge mistake. The first like minute and a half, we're into the Jurassic period already, so there's like no build up to it. Like there should be a massive build up to actually being 65 million years back in time, right? Like that should be just like awe inspiring. Like when you see. Wow, now we're we're literally on the earth 65 million years ago. But it's nothing. It's just like cut like just fade in we're in the jungle 65 million years ago. Did they go through like all the steps? Like is there like a floating platform so they There can't... is, yeah. I okay. yeah, I read the short story yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, and uh the short story is okay. Uh yeah. do you choose where you go back to? No, they always go back to the they they talk about how they can go back anywhere, especially in the short story it says you tell us what you want to kill and we'll take you there and you can kill it. Huh. But in the movie they only go to this one place <clears throat> to shoot a Tyrannosaurus Rex with like laser guns. Mm. And uh the problem with this film is not the story uh or the people involved really or anything. It's the special effects. Which are, I encourage you to go YouTube a trailer or uh, a scene from this movie. They're a special kind of terrible. Like, they're like 1999 Sci-Fi Channel terrible. Wow. Everything, uh, it, anytime they go outside on the street in Chicago. Have you seen this? No, I've read the story. Okay. Like, but I, I read the story like back in high school. Okay, well, I read I read it right after I watched it just to see like if it was yeah, yeah. in part the problem of the story, and it's not. Uh, the I mean, the story is just kind of a goofy like you know sci fi movie kind of like B movie yeah, kind of yeah, story. Yeah. You know, it's it's all right. It's kind of an interesting idea. It's it read a lot to me like um, the Nine Billion Names of God, the Arthur C. Clarke story, just the way it ended, where it's like there's there was a sound of thunder, and it's like you're supposed to know like what the, you know what the, like, somehow the dinosaurs are in the present. But anyway. Mm. Um, this movie, every time they show them outside in Chicago, it's supposed to be the 2050, right? So all the cars have to be futuristic and the buildings and stuff. So everything's green screened. So they're walking in front of green screens, and it's terrible looking. Like, anytime they show their feet, they're, like, floating on the ground. It's horrendous. I mean, I'm talking super bad, right? And the creatures, uh, like, the dinosaur looks, like, waxy and made of plastic. Like, it's ter- you're thinking about this is 12 years after after Jurassic Park. And it yeah. looks like it's 10 years before Jurassic Park. Like, it's awful looking. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, the story is just... It goes... Obviously, it's a film based on a short story, so it has to go way beyond what the short story gets into. Yeah. So there's this whole ridiculous thing where they go back in time with this person who doesn't know uh, what he's doing, who gets really nervous, and ends up stepping on a butterfly. Mm. And that causes, like, a time ripple that changes everything in the present. But... 
unlike the story where you know just your intuitiveness your intuition would tell you okay everything changes immediately when you come back everything's changed right like in the story he comes back and like yeah, yeah. the language on the board is different and things like like everything's subtly changed in this one he comes back nothing's changed but then there's a time wave and the physicist lady has to explain to edward burns that this, this is going to happen in waves there are going to be these time waves that happen every so often and when they happen they're going to start affecting everything so like the first one that happens affects the vegetation and then the second one that happens affects the animals. And then the third one that happens is going to affect us because we're the last to evolve or whatever. And uh, it's just a way to – it's just like a movie way to, you know, extend the film, right? Because if they went back – if they came back and everything was fucked, like they'd just be fucked, right? Yeah, yeah. So they have to find some, like, way to, like, extend it so, like, we can fix this, you <laughs> How know? How did you not commit suicide before that? <laughs> <laughs> Before this ended. Oh, me? Oh. I, uh... Jonathan's I'm, like, I would have chugged a gallon of milk by okay. now. <laughs> right? No, honestly, though, I... Okay, as it bad sounds, as this movie was, really bad. there were certain things about it, like... Okay, real quick, though, I want to talk about the time wave. Because the first time they show the time wave, it's like a it's like a physical thing that you can see, of course. Uh-huh. And they show it, and they're looking out the window, and all of a sudden, here it comes across. <laughs> and it's coming through the city, and I'm like... The special effects in this movie are so bad that I thought it was a tidal wave. I was like, oh, it caused like a climate change that tidal waves are coming across the city. And they're not reacting to it that way. They're just staring. I'm like, what are you doing? Run. Like, it's a tidal wave. And then it, it hits them, and then they like freeze in time, and then they fall down. Oh, and she's like, that was a time wave. It's, just, it's brutal. <laughs> but, it sounds like bad 1950s not sci-fi. I mean, no, it it's worse than that. Sounds like Bradbury. It's, it's, <laughs> hey, you shut your mouth. <laughs> but listen... The reason I kept, I mean, I was going to keep watching it because I had to finish it because I can't, I mean, I wasted enough time already. I'm going to, you know, make sure I can log it at least. But <laughs> I, uh, the, the, the thing that kept me going more than anything was her talk, kept, she kept talking about how when the last time wave hits, it's going to change mankind and we don't know how it's going to change us. It could change us into like fish creatures or we could have no eyes or whatever. And that finally happens. Which is kind of, that's interesting, right? It is uh, right. You have uh, me? So it happens uh, right as Ed Burns gets into the. They have to go to this like university to get into a time machine that works, and then they she she sends him back in time right as the time wave is happening, and it changes her into like this bipedal fish face creature, which is kind of an interesting idea. I mean, that's cool enough. Like that's probably the coolest part of the whole thing is just like seeing that happen, you know. And it's very it's a little creepy even. But then they send him back, and he like comes back, and and he so he's back at the exact same point when the safari came through, and he's gonna tell, he's gonna warn them. But it's just like it's horrible. Like he just runs up, and he's like, he's like, hey, make sure that you give me the hologram cube, and I'll do this, and I'll talk to Ben Kingsley, and blah blah blah, you know. <laughs> and and the lady's like, what? Oh, and they show the other Ed Burns, and he's like looking, he's like, what? What's happening? It's, it's horrible. It looks like it was shot. It looks like they like had no time to shoot anything, and I was reading about it after, and apparently they had a budget of uh, I think eighty million dollars to shoot the movie, right? Which sounds like plenty, and it, it's like where and you're like, where is this eighty million dollars? It's not on the screen, right? Right. Apparently, their financiers went bankrupt during the the post production, so they only had thirty million total and everything oh. to like finish it off. So I think that's why the special effects are so bad because they didn't uh. have enough money. They had probably had to outsource it to like really shitty effects companies, Jeez. right? So it's unfortunate. It's not like the movie would have been good if the effects were great, but it certainly wouldn't have been as bad as it was. Uh, I mean, it's pretty completely irredeemable. 
I think I gave it a zero or a half. So it's a shitty piece of shit. <laughs> but it's not like upsetting or anything. It's still like it's goofy. It's like almost fun to watch just how bad <laughs> right, it is. Like, right. It's really bad. But uh, and it's amazing how it didn't really affect anybody's careers. Like Ben Kingsley's still doing stuff. <laughs> he, you know, uh, Edward Burns went right from this into television, started doing a few. Like he's been on a lot of stuff. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just like they're all everybody's doing fine. Well, I think you said it. Oh, uh, I think you said it earlier. No one saw it, right? Mm. David Oyelowo is in this. The guy who played uh, Martin Luther King in the oh, Sel- right, Selma right, movie. Right, right, right. Yeah, so he he was in it. I don't know. It's just like uh. it's a shitty movie, though, man. Good right. God! <laughs> At one point, there's like these there's like these uh, half reptilian, half ape creatures, and they're like hunting them down in Central Park or something. Or like it's not Central Park, but like whatever the equivalent of that is in Chicago. And they surround David Oyelowo, and uh, <laughs> and I'm, and Edward Burns has like this laser rifle, you know, so he's like ready to like shoot them and stuff. But he's like looking at him, and he just stares. And he and I'm like, oh, he's gonna totally like shoot David Oyelowo so that he doesn't suffer. But he just watches them eat him. <laughs> he just like wow. stands there and stares as they eat him. It's ridiculous. Jeez. Anyway, I thought I'm, sci-fi was supposed to show how we moved past racial differences. Right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rustin. All right. What was the rating on that? I gave it a, like I say, I think a half star. Uh, <clears throat> it says half star. Let's see. No, I get point two five out of five. Point two. Probably just for the uh, fish face woman change. It's right. Pretty cool. All right. The next thing I watched um, was the. Uh, the last installment in the Transformers series movies, out of boredom, it was uh, Transformers: The Last Night. Which actually, I, I I'll watch every single one of these. I'll watch it like because I was entertained when the first ones came out, uh, except for like, well, actually the first one entertained me, and then the other ones just kind of got progressively worse and worse. But um, this one, like the one before, the uh, starring uh, Marky Mark, and I like Shia LaBeouf now, but I do like. Seeing, uh, I'm, I like calling Marky Mark. So I like seeing uh, Marky Mark in this, in the, in the, in like the role in this like character a, l- a little bit better than uh, Shia LaBeouf's character, which was more of like a Scooby Doo character. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but um, actually, the beginning of the movie, it's uh, honestly for me pretty awesome. It's like a a uh, what's uh, like uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah. It's like an epic. Middle Ages like battle like almost like he's like I'm, is this Transformers that I'm watching and it's it's pretty good like it looks really good like yeah. like there's like I mean there's some CG effects but there's practical effects explosions just guys getting blown apart by like trebuchets and stuff like that and it's and then after a, after a little bit of that you find out that this is like King Arthur and his knights and they're fighting against like uh I guess they're the uh what are the uh, Saxons or something like it's like Germanic tribes or something and they're just like basically overrunning them and they uh, evidently Merlin I'll just sum it up it's Merlin is in contact with some uh, transformers that are on the planet prior to this (laughs) (laughs) and they transform into this giant they transform into technically yeah it was like really like whoa whoa wait what (laughs) you know and they're like and then uh they these transform like he he like I will use your power or something like that and these transformers come and uh will fight for you or something and so they transform as like I don't know like five or six of them they form into uh, Mecha Ghidra basically and in, 
it comes and it basically wipes out the Saxons, which is kind of cool to see this thing come down and go like flames and everything like that. But um, and then it goes to the future where uh, evidently uh, Transformers are now illegal on Earth, like outlawed. They're being hunted down, and they have like these special teams. T- uh, tra- <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> since the last movie, Marky Mark is. Uh, he has the last of the Autobots with him, and they're trying to find other people. He's like, he's like basically the re- underground resistance guy, you know, trying to save the good Transformers and stuff. You know, <laughs> how did you not commit suicide? <laughs> <laughs> no, this but is, uh, uh, pretty. In- this sounds like the old TV show. No, like, it is. It like is. The, it's cartoon. the cartoon. It, it's technically the cartoon live action, literally. And like huh. they have Uni- Unicron. Evidently, okay. All the spoilers that y'all don't care about. Unicron is Earth. Oh, okay. and so like the, the center of Earth is basically this giant machine. Like you know, no one knows about this. And like uh, this evil uh, AI entity, like brainwashes uh, Optimus Prime and gets you know gets them to bring uh, I'll, I'll forgot the planet uh, Cybertron to Earth to consume Earth and make Cybertron new. And that's like the basically them trying to find these old these ancient knights and this weapon to stop them basically, and uh, and like there's parts of it that are actually for me were pretty entertaining. Like the beginning was awesome until it like went like it, it became Transformers, and then later on there's some cool parts where uh, Wahlberg has like this. It's one of the Transformers guns, but it's a small one, and he's using it to like blast. Uh, other like Decepticons it's, it's, it's like I like the idea of him like fighting these giant mechs by himself he's the only one that uses these weapons I mean there's of course dudes with machine guns and they get a couple guys get blown apart it's censored the best way they can for PG-13 sure. but I mean it's kind of a cool effect and there's the uh, staple Michael Bay like uh, giant you know panning scenes and all kind of stuff like that and it's uh, entirely way too long and like actually the movie I would have given a higher score if it would have been like you know, the just hour thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have easily done that too, or made they two, won't though, or make like a sequel movie and that's an hour thirty minutes. You know, but and there's a you know they of course set up for another movie at the end, another so this is a new trilogy, whatever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think now that I think about, it, I think I originally gave it a two and a half, but I think I'll probably drop to about a two, mm-hmm. honestly. But it's a uh, well. If I rewatch ever rewatch it, it would be a two, maybe less. But like I said, there's some interesting parts in it, but it's just, uh, you know, easily uh, you could turn it on and like do something else and have it on. It would be really good for that, you know? right? right. No, oh, oh, and one other thing, Anthony, Ho- like they're really good at just getting these like A-list stars. They have Anthony Hopkins in it throughout the entire movie. He's like this. Well, I'm not. That's actually really cheesy. I don't want to get into that. Is he but, Merlin? No, but he's part of a line of people. The Wick Wickens, and oh, actually, Jesus and Christ. actually, it's they show a picture of Shia LaBeouf, and like he is one of the line. I was like, that's all kinds of stuff they just made up to yeah. tie to the first wow. movies. Retro, retrofitting the yeah, uh, the previous. But plots. and there's a girl. Uh, let me look up her her name. Uh, who who was the girl in the first? I forget her Megan name. Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Laura Haddock. She is a clone of yeah. Megan Fox. Yeah. Wow. I've heard about this on other podcasts. They talk about how Michael Bay just like casts the exact same woman in every movie. Like he just tries to find one that looks like the same type of female. Like his idea. Her. Like yeah. when he was a kid, exactly. that's who I would want to. That's who I wanted. Girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, he was jerking off to the, that kind of porn star when he was a kid, and uh, uh. 
So, yeah, so he just finds it. It's a, And they, they make a comparison to uh, how Brian Singer always casts the same type of man in all of his films. Uh, it's like high cheekbones and, like, thin eyes. So, like, James right. Marsden. And then uh, in the newer X-Men films, the guy who plays Beast looks like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget. It, Nicholas something. Holt. Holt? Yeah, yeah, Nicholas yeah. Holt looks just like him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and, and they're like, it's guys who look like him, who look like Brian Singer. So it's like a Liberace kind of thing going on, uh, you know, like he wants to fuck guys who look like him, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. I was going to ask a question though. Something I never thought about until you said Wahlberg just now is Mark Wahlberg Jewish. I like his name no is idea. Wahlberg. No, he's Catholic. Like, and apparently he's hardcore Catholic. Yeah, but it's like, it's is, fucking it, Boston. Is, is he culturally Jewish or something? I mean, like Wahlberg sounds like a Jewish name now that I think about it. I mean, the word, the, the in Berg, right? I mean, it's like kind of common. Uh, Maybe. Maybe it's like Big Lebowski, you know, you're fucking Polish Catholic. Oh right, yeah. Maybe maybe yeah, he uh maybe uh. he uh changed to Catholic. Maybe like Walter changed to Jewish. Maybe. Alright. Oh, just uh just curious. <laughs> Jonathan? Watched uh Marie Antoinette, two thousand six Sophia Coppola. Um You love this movie, uh I didn't really New like, Order. I didn't right? like it at all, actually. Uh really couldn't stand it. Um <laughs> There's really just not a lot going on in this movie at all, and there's not really a lot of redeeming qualities. It just seemed like she just got a chance to film in France with a bunch of fucking costumes, and that's about it. Like, there's just really not a lot going on. Mm. And uh, you, you both have seen this, right? Sure. No. Okay. I oh, you haven't seen it. Okay. No. Sorry, um, my brother told me that he didn't like it. So I mean, it's I not like, the. Eh. It's not. It's not that bad, but it's just like. Like some people have just regular like American accents. There's like English. There's French accents. There's like and it's uh, just, here we go. Dude, so this is just a, another example. Uh, John, you can't get into anything that's stylized, right? Dude, it's no, it's like it's lazy. Like Romeo and Juliet. Like no, 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 Romeo and Juliet. I'll give to you. Like, I'll, I'll give it to you. Like Romeo and Juliet is fucking stylized, and like they have they know what they're doing with yeah, the style. Yeah, this just doesn't. I I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. Okay, like I really don't. And she's supposed to be like, oh, she's supposed to be like the rebel, you know, queen or whatever. I didn't really get that at all. Like, it was just like. I thought they were trying to. I mean, I, I, I didn't know what they were trying okay, to do with her. It's been like, to be fair, at least seven or eight years since I've seen this movie. But as I recall from the like criticism of it was that not not negative criticism, but just in general, like the critics were saying that like uh, that you read it as like her take on like a teenager. It's just about a teenager and like how a teenager acts. Yeah. And it's just through the lens of this very famous powerful teenager hmm. Marie Antoinette I guess yeah I mean cuz like she I has like the uh, famously she put like a pair of like converse sneakers in the background of one of the scenes Oh I didn't I don't think I like, saw that Like it's like cuz she's just a teenager you know like so it's not supposed to be like that's not literal like there aren't really a pair of sneakers yeah. there but it's just like to show that she's you know your average person I mm. honestly didn't get that at all but uh there's a really famous photograph back behind the scenes photograph of uh Jason Schwartzman uh, and uh, Kirsten Dunst in full costume, and Schwartzman is letting her listen to a song on his MacBook. <laughs> like they're like he's holding this gigantic like seventeen-inch like MacBook, and like they're listening to a song on. If your they would have went like hardcore Ow. with that, I would it would have been better. Like if they had MacBooks, if they, and stuff? if they just had fucking today's, yeah, it would have just been like full-on Romeo and Juliet like stylized. Right, it would have made more sense. Right. Uh, Jason Schwartzman too, like. <laughs> Love the guy, but like, what the fuck? Like, he's just not... love the guy. I mean, he's, yeah, he's great. He's he's mm. he's hilarious looking. And are you like, a Phantom <laughs> Planet fan? A what? Phantom Phantom Planet. Planet. Oh no, I don't, I've never seen it. 
No, it's a no, band. The, the band. Oh, no, 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 no. California. Okay. No. <laughs> Fucking God, no. That's actually been deleted from my memory, and now you've restored it to my memory. Now Jonathan has to kill himself. Yeah, oh, my God, that's terrible. Uh, no, Rushmore is great, but that's about it, I guess. Um, uh, he's, he's as good as the villain in uh, Scott Pilgrim, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while, but. Scott Pilgrim does rule. But, uh. He's just non-existent in this movie. He's just like this mopey douchebag who doesn't do anything. Who is like he? Louis refuses, the ref, yeah fourteenth refuses or to bang Marie Antoinette and he's like, gay. Yeah, I guess. And uh, I don't know. Is he gay? I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't care. Um, <laughs> it, it just felt lazy. This whole movie just felt lazy. I remember being bummed out that they don't really show the like the beheadings and stuff. None of that. So that would be, I thought that would be cool. Although I do like the way that they. I remember this sticking with me. The way that they show. Uh, their kind like the revolution happening is that they show that like ornate decadent room and then they show they yeah. fade it out and it's destroyed. That was nice. That, 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 that was, was my cool. favorite part. Was the ending. Uh, let's get to the real problem though. Is this... the soundtrack? You hate the soundtrack. They don't even play. They don't even play Age of Consent. <laughs> they do play Age. Of Consent. No, they don't. When she's so running through the forest at the beginning, I don't, don't they? Think so. No. Oh. It, it was is that the, just in the trailer? <laughs> I saw they had Gang of Four in there, and I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. The music's fine, uh, whatever. Like, The Cure, New Order, all that shit's great, whatever. The music's fine. Love the music. It's yeah. all great. But if you play a song every five minutes, ah. it's it, it becomes a fucking music video. And it's like, I'm sorry, dude. And you're, like, cutting these songs in half. You're playing segments, and you're, like, like I said in my review, like, micro-review, they're, like, weaving songs in, and, like, you can hear it turning up, like, between dialogue. I'm just like, this is nauseating. Uh. Like it is just like abrasively lazy, and I, I I lost count of the songs. There's just like song after song after song, and it's just like every fucking scene. There's a fucking wow. song, and it's just like, dude, I have to rewatch this and uh, come back at you. I don't know. <sighs> I don't just, remember it. it just, I remember liking it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It bummed me out. <laughs> I I but, uh, uh, the only the only Coppola film I really don't like is Bling Ring. I haven't seen that. Uh, I you can't either. recommend it necessarily, yeah. but uh, eh. I don't know. It just it just felt random and yeah, lazy. But yeah, mm. two and a half. All right. All the uh, quote. Uh, <clears throat> I forget who it was. If it was Mike or Tom from Mystery Science Theater three thousand, <laughs> but uh, the <laughs> it's the the danger of uh, extending uh, rock videos to full length features. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, dude. Some of the scenes, I was like, this is a fucking music video. All right. Brutal. Kevin, so I rewatched Goldfinger, and don't really have a whole lot to say about it. You know, it's a it's a really fun movie. Gave it a four, and then to continue on that trend, I wa- I rewatched Twelve Years a Slave. Okay. Okay. How does this it connect to Goldfinger? It was a joke. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> yeah. I thought there was some like. You know, actor that was in both or something. I don't know. <laughs> See, I'm actually going to play the Joker in the new oh, movie. Okay, I guess. <laughs> no, no one laughs. Yeah, terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's see. First time seeing Twelve Years since the theater, and I remember it being a very powerful experience. The thing I think I noticed a lot more this go round. First off, Brad Pitt apparently has like one southern type character mm-hmm. which is weird because his character is supposed to be from canada yeah 
but his character sounds literally exactly like Aldo Rain from Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of kind of strange. I think he thinks that everybody from that time period had a southern accent. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um but one of the things I like was really kind of taken aback by like so I understand and everyone who has any sense understands that slavery was a really fucking horrific time mm-hmm. and people did absolutely inhuman things. Sure. But seeing so much of it on the screen it's like okay we get it, but like they would hold on to like these torture scenes for like a really long time. Mm-hmm. Like the very first time they beat Solomon, like it starts off with this what looks like this like cricket bat that has spikes on it, and dude's just wailing on his back, and then he gets like a cat of nine tails or something, and then starts going on him with that, and it's like this one stationary shot where you're watching it for, like, almost a full four minutes of him just getting the shit beat out of him. And then, later on, when Michael Fassbender makes Solomon whip uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character, it's like, you know, at first it's, you know, just a little bit because he doesn't really want to do it, obviously, but then Fassbender puts the gun to his head and it's like, you know, you do it. And then it's, then it gets, like, real fucking hardcore. And, again, like, these scenes are just really like extended and it's like okay now this is just bordering on sadism on Steve McQueen's part now maybe that's kind of what he's going for but I don't know as a viewer I was like okay I get it now we can move on Mm -hmm. as opposed to just staying on you know this horror that I think you know like is there any movie about slavery that doesn't have this I think it's a, yeah, I agree with you. It's like, uh, I think people, I think we kind of get that slavery was is, horrible. Is it, a right? cheap, yeah. is it a cheap way of doing that? It kind of felt like it, really. What I don't like about it, the Lupita Nyong'o beating in particular, mm. is that it's very, speaking of stylized, it's just like the way it's shot is like it's orbiting and it's like CG and like the, really? some of the yeah, the hits on her back are like CG. And I, I just like, it just feels like, that feels cheap. That feels like, you know, yeah. if you like, if you really want to show the reality of this, try not doing it with special effects. I mean, you can, I mean, obviously you yeah. have to do a special effect, but like, yeah, try doing yeah. it with like practical effects. I mean, you know? this isn't really an, uh, like an analog to this, but like, uh, um, Django Unchained. Um, yeah, there's the, like the hot box stuff, like mm-hmm. where they put them in the box. Yeah, like, yeah. Th- that, like that was like really affecting for me, even, even though the movie's ridiculous, but it's like, I don't know, like that, like that. I feel like that's more powerful than watching somebody get beaten. Cause you, I don't know, you just like feel like. Well, the, there's stuff like that yeah, in that yeah. movie too. Like yeah. they hang him from the tree. But I think like, like, like one or two of those things is enough to get across. Like Jesus Christ, this is all. Yeah. You if know? you think, if and you yeah, think like that's, the, the hanging scene is, right. is another one. Cause yeah, like it's, like, it's literally like, you know, he gets hanged. Paul Dano gets chased away, and then he's just literally hanging there, like kind of like, he's low enough where his toes can touch the ground if he really stretches, but like. It's like a good couple of minutes, and like everyone's just kind of going about their day. Which, like, again, I can see where he's that's going. That's the banality of evil, yeah, right? I mean, exactly, that's like that's exactly. what the movie is really about. I mean, like the whole like this uh, the scene that was most disturbing, I think, was the um, when Paul Giamatti is selling the slaves in the in the home, and yeah, yeah, it's just like very like matter of fact, like you're selling a car or something, like, and people were just like, oh yeah, okay, great, and they're on the slaves are all yeah, ass yeah. naked, and it's like you know. 
they're buying people. It's like really fucked up. But it's yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. that's that's like, more that, disturbing yeah, than like, seeing somebody yeah. get beat with a like whip. That you know? and a yeah, couple like, other scenes is enough. Like now let's tell a story. And like the thing, and like the whole thing. There's that line. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, yeah, where, sh- where he says he gives him the violin and he says yeah, it's exactly. going to bring us joy for many years, and it's like, yeah, it's like it seems you're never nice, going anywhere. Yeah, that's yeah. horrible. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and like, like you know, you think about it, and like, and even like Solomon says, you know, like he is a good man under the circumstances. Under the circumstances, yeah. he is a slave owner. Yeah, and yeah, and like. You know, props for them for, you know, putting a little more of a gray area into that. But well, I think, uh, I think but the it, whole it, thing was great. I mean, I, I can't, like, if that's, is that Lupita Nyong'o who says that? No, it's somebody else. It's the the woman who had her children, like, I sold separately. I feel like I don't, I feel like, and this might be totally, I don't know, I'm not a historian, but it just feels like they didn't have people who thought that way at the time like it feels it feels anachronistic for to have a slave talking about how bad slavery is because it's like you're at that time you're born into slave like you don't know it's 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 like the thing that it is what it is it's like you probably they probably for to a certain extent think it's okay you know it's it's, this is my lot in life this is what i am i'm a slave you know like it's this is the way it's always been why would it be different well i think like it's not good or bad it just is i'm not sure about the woman i'd actually have to read uh, the book, but I know for like Solomon, like was a free man and he got kidnapped. Right, and I mean, then, that makes and sense that sold. He, he would be so like, it. yeah. So he, he, you know, has a little more on the ball, like recognizing right. like what's good and bad, but I don't know about her. So like, maybe, maybe that's the reason that she, fe- I mean, and I'm sure I would probably feel the same way if I was sold away and my kids were yeah. specifically sure. sold separately from you also have to think about it like like if you're born into slavery and there's no communication i mean like obviously there's no communication yeah yeah and you're you know all news sources are suppressed from you so it's like yeah yeah you can't read yeah so it doesn't even matter it doesn't even matter so it's like you (laughs) have no idea that being a free slave is even a thing right yeah yeah (laughs) there are no free black people if you're black you're a slave that's what it is. i never really thought about it like that yeah yeah actually but if you if you think if you think sinister. that twelve years a slave is bad about that like torture porn aspect, you should watch uh, uh, Birth of a Nation that came out. Um, not the old, not the D.W. Oh, okay, Griffith yeah, film, yeah. the new one, the one with uh, Nate. Nate. God, what is his fucking name? The guy. I don't know. It was a little controversial because he was oh, acquitted yeah, yeah. of rape when he was in college or something. But oh he, right, but he right. made he made this film called uh, Birth of a Nation, which is about a, a slave revolt, and. Uh, that's the the way they treat the slaves, and that is particularly heinous. It's fucked up, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's really fun. It's like way like it's like things you couldn't, you can't, you wouldn't even like. Okay, like one for instance, there's one scene where they want this slave to eat, and he refuses to eat. Mm-hmm. So they just they take a, a chisel and they knock all of his teeth out, and then they force a funnel down his throat and they pour like cream corn down his throat. Wow, and it's just like and there's like blood and cream corn everywhere. It's just oh, really fucked Jesus. up. So it's like that kind of shit. It's like that's like way more intense, you know what I mean? It's right. Like, but uh, you know, I yeah. think he's he had the same thing. He was just trying to get, I guess, it across like how yeah how yeah, bad yeah. it actually was. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean, um, overall, a very well made, well acted movie. Gave it a four. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about Tombstone? Let's talk about Tombstone. Um, uh, 
you watched a movie called Gunfight at the OK Corral. Yeah, Gunfight the at 50s. the OK Corral with uh, Kirk Douglas and Burt Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Lancaster plays Wyatt Earp and Kirk Douglas plays Doc Holliday. And yeah, like if Kirk Douglas had said, I'm your Huckleberry, that would have been a five-star movie. <laughs> like doesn't matter how good the movie actually is, but just hearing Kirk Douglas say that would have been worth it. Does he have the southern uh, savannah drawl kind of he thing? He does going? not. No? Um, no, he sounds pretty much like Kirk Douglas. I mean, Gunfight is, you know, it's an okay movie. But uh, but Tombstone is obviously, obviously the better one. And I think, like, just from what I've seen, like, apart from, like, maybe Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I think it's probably Val Kilmer's best acting. I think that's... Uh... Well, I think that's easy. Yeah, that's safe to say, and I think most people just uh, kind of agree that that's right, his best yeah. performance. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's terrific in it. Definitely robbed at the Oscars uh, mm. that year, but yeah, I think everybody's good. And I, th- I like, uh, mm. I think Powers Booth rules in it. Oh yeah, Michael Bean is really is probably Michael Bean's best performance. Uh, even Kurt Russell, you know, and Sam Elliott and Bill Pax. I mean, all these guys, everybody's just really on top of their game. There just feels like they're all in parts that were written specifically for them. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like this is one of these like, like quintessential early '90s fun action movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just uh, I think it's particularly well made, mm. uh, very well written. I think the story, even though it's not. I guess historically accurate. It's just really they did a really good job excising the parts that are mm. unnecessary, like the fact that he had two other brothers. It's like oh, right, talk about right. clogging the fucking thing up. You add two more brothers <laughs> yeah, on top. You know, it's like uh, I think they really did a good job with that, and just just the whole the arc of him. It's like I was thinking about when I watched it. I thought about it as almost like uh, almost like. Carlito's way or or one of these movies where somebody is trying to escape like a Godfather 3 like where somebody's trying to escape their their violent past but mm. they get sucked back into it cuz yeah. and it's like it's like that except he's a good guy you know it's yeah. like yeah yeah and he's like he doesn't want to be a lawman anymore he's very adamant about it to the yeah. point where he's just, he's look turning a blind eye to the crime that's going on yeah and uh, but then he just he has to do it because they went after his family. That's know? right. They, yeah. they, they killed his brother. They killed his brother. You know, yeah. It's just an incredible. Uh, I don't know. It's just a really good story. And I just yeah. all the lines, man. This is oh, endlessly yeah. quotable. And the my favorite line in the whole movie is um, when he says uh, when they're at the after the river fight where he shoots Powers Booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the cowboys says to doc holiday he says why why are you doing this oh yeah you yeah. yeah. should too. be in bed and he says uh white herbs my friend he says hell i got lots of friends well i don't and that's just <laughs> yeah that's just good that's just good writing right that, there <laughs> the one thing i admire very sad and poignant um, yeah yeah one thing i love and admired about the character <clears throat> of, of uh doc holiday in this movie was uh it's like he has this just he's just like this loyal almost companion like he you know he's he hasn't seen Wyatt Earp and who knows how long they just you know they're just friends from the past he shows right. up he's automatically like he'll do anything I, I felt like very loyal he, mm. like he's just kind of he's doesn't care he's living life he knows he's only got a little time left because of that because uh, of uh, the terminal. tuberculosis yeah yeah because of back then it was terminal if he had it basically you know yeah. mm-hmm. um that he uh 
when he finds why, like he he sees like Wyatt's desire, like he sees that he desires uh, the state, the the actress, and like he sees that he wants a life of kind of peace and just wants to, you know, just a good life, and he's trying to find it. And and Holiday, I think in a way he kind of admires Wyatt, and he looks almost like looks up to him and wants to be him, but he knows he can't. He mm-hmm. it's you know it's 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 going to be over for him, but so he has this undying loyalty like i will make sure that you are you know you live i will help you for to do anything to to make sure you get to where you're you know you're at and then you know he has that you know out of nowhere he has well partially he sees like himself like he said in uh johnny ringo Mm -hmm. and he doesn't you know he doesn't like but he knows that this guy is just you know he's a loose cannon he's dangerous and johnny ringo is not going to stop until his best friend erp is dead right and so I love that part when he goes out there to confront him. Johnny mm. Ringo at first thinks that it's yeah. Wyatt, and then whenever he reveals himself, you can see, like he says, to, yeah. he's like someone walked over your grave, right. you know. And and, and 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 Ringo doesn't want to fight because he, because you know Doc Holliday is you know is something he can't predict. It's right. it's like an element almost like him, and he doesn't know. He doesn't think, you know, he doesn't he, he can't he doesn't know how to kill. Because yeah. Holiday doesn't care if he dies. You know, I really like. The I love idea. that yeah. he. Yeah. I love that he strikes fear into the into the to the to the enemy. Like I like a character like that who just he is the nightmare for the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I love that. I really yeah. like. Yeah, I love the idea of like there there being like uh, like when he first sees Johnny Ringo, he says the deadliest pistolier since Wild Bill. They say, and it's like there's like this hierarchy of like who's deadlier. And like Wyatt Earp, before he's about to go meet him, he's like, "I can't beat him, can I?" And he yeah. says, "No." And it's like, it's, yeah. like, it's like, it's like objective. It's like if you go to fight him, you're gonna die, and he's gonna win automatically because he's yeah. better than you. You know, so <laughs> yeah. I have to go fight him because I'm better than he is. Like it's just like yeah. it's just really, and like whenever he says, "Uh, like Powers Booth says." Watch it, Johnny. I hear he's real fast. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like there's. I, it's just really. It's it's almost like. Uh, it reminds me of like like on Dragon Ball Z, like like oh, power yeah. levels. Like yeah, they yeah. The power level. Oh my god, he's at eighteen thousand. I can't beat him. You know, it's like they just don't make him like this anymore. They really don't. Yeah, if they do, it's like fucking trash. Trash. <laughs> George George P. Cosmatos is uh, credited as directing, and uh, in the behind the scenes feature, he is he's interviewed quite a bit, but. Apparently, uh, Kevin Jare, who wrote the film, he or Jar, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but he uh, he claims that Kurt Russell directed most of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. behind the scenes that like they didn't get along, and that Cosmatos was like, I guess, was like absent for a lot of it, and Kurt Russell just handled the direction. Nice. Wow. There's one scene that I find particularly problematic though, which is uh, after uh, after Paxton dies. Yeah, and he he run, he's got the blood on his hands, and he walks out into the street, and there's it's raining, and there's a shot down the street, and you could see the rain ends like right out, because <laughs> like, like, they only have the rain yeah. machine right there, and it's like that's that doesn't look good, but yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. it's just because it's on Blu-ray, I notice it more this time, but yeah, yeah, I think overall it's uh, fantastic. You got Billy Zane in there, yeah, got, oh, yeah, uh, Billy Zane. What's the guy from Nine Hundred Two One Zero is in it? Uh, Priestley, Jason? yeah, Jason Priestley's yeah, yeah. in it, which he's he's quite good in it actually. He's yeah, not in it a lot, but I mean, he's it's he's got good. the guy from uh, was it uh, I can't think of the the wine, the wine movie with uh, Paul Giamatti. Oh yeah, Thomas Hayden Church. Church. Yes, yeah. he's in it. That's one early. of my favorite exchanges. You know, the drunk piano player. You're so drunk you can't hit nothing. In fact, you're probably seeing double. Oh, yeah. I have two guns, one for each of you. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's Great good. Lines. And the guy who plays, uh, I never noticed this or knew this before, but the guy who plays uh, Ike. Stephen Lang. Is Stephen Lang. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He was the villain in Avatar, apparently. I didn't oh, see yeah. Avatar, yeah, yeah. He's also the villain in uh, Don't Breathe, which is interesting. I just never, like, I never noticed it, and I'm watching it this time. I'm like, he doesn't look anything. I'm like, he looks now. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Billy Bob. Billy Bob. in it briefly. Yeah. Johnny, and, uh, Johnny Tyler. <laughs> and um, I can't remember exactly who she plays, but uh, Paula Malcolmson went on to be in Deadwood. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, she was Trixie. Uh, Powers Booth was in Deadwood as well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, bordering on masterpiece i'd say it's uh, mm. just really really great and uh george p cosmatis's son is uh directing mandy so oh nice oh wow yeah so panos cosmatis so 12 foot chainsaw can't wait yeah I'm <laughs> really excited hope he brings some of the good violence from this movie uh, that's another thing like this movie it's like pg-13 I'll, but it's got no some... it's r oh is it yeah it's what? R. no it's r yeah are you i'm sure <laughs> I, I really re- maybe it was on like on a VHS or something. I remember seeing PG thirteen. I'll look it up real quick just to make sure. But uh, mm-hmm. but what I was gonna say is that uh, well that makes sense if it's R. But like I, I could have swore it was PG thirteen. What I was gonna say is that the outside of outside of Dead Man for me this is like the best violence in westerns. It's just got really good squibs, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so when he shoots uh, when he shoots Stillwell on the uh, train platform. He says, where's Wyatt? And he's right behind you, Stillwell. And he just a massive squib out of his chest. Just fucking incredible. Yeah. And all the stuff, like, um, it's rated R for strong Western violence. Right, okay. All right. All the stuff, uh, like the, the, the montages of them hunting down the outlaws. And yeah, yeah, That was cool. Just good I mean, stuff, you know. Like the guy smoking opium, and then he takes the gun barrel thing it's an opium pipe, and then Wyatt Earp just blows his brains out. Just yeah. fucking rules. I was actually downloaded... Uh, the uh, Costner Wyatt Earp, the Lawrence Kasdan film. Have you seen it? No, I've heard I, about it, but I haven't seen it. I want to watch it. It's three hours and 11 minutes long, so I'm oh. just trying to find time to sit down with it. But uh, Dennis Quaid plays the Doc Holliday role. Hmm. And it's the hmm. year after. I guess they were probably filming it at the same time almost, but it's, it came out the year after this. So I don't know. Apparently, I mean, this movie is obviously the more popular of the two. Right. I don't know. Did you ever watch? Was it Wild Bill that uh, you I love got Wild the... Bill. I've seen it a million times. Okay, I, I, I saw bought, you got I like bought the, the Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I bought the Blu-ray. I haven't watched the Blu-ray yet, but okay. I've seen it a lot. Yeah, I, I, Wild Bill is incredible to cool. me. It's probably my favorite Walter Hill film. Yeah, it's my favorite Walter Hill film. It's just really, really, really good. Um, cool. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'll just really briefly talk. I just after I watched Sound of Thunder, I had to. You know, check out Peter Himes again. So I watch rewatch Time Cop, <laughs> and uh, you know, just the best uh, John Claude Van Damme film by far. Just really entertaining and uh, good fights, good violence. Uh, it's I mean, it's not like an amazing movie, and the time stuff is not that interesting. Really cool scene at the beginning where the guy robs the Confederate uh, wagon train full of gold, and he's got like automatic weapons, and he just like annihilates all the Confederate soldiers <laughs> with the guns. Really cool, and uh, Ron Silver. It's a lot of fun in it. Uh, the late great Ron Silver, and uh, yeah, I don't know, just a good solid movie. Cool weapons too, like these weird like. It's like they took a Beretta and they like put this like cylinder over yeah. the whole thing. It's just really neat looking though. It's they're cool. We're loving this, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Anyway, Russell. Okay. <clears throat> All right. The next one I have is uh, a rewatch of Hard Rain, which is a movie uh, when it came out in 98, I believe. Uh, 
I know I didn't see it in theaters, but it was like, I don't know, six or eight months later, it came out to rent, and I rented it, and I loved it at the time when it came out. I thought, like, the whole, like, the flood scenario in the town, like, and I I used to, like, when I played with my uh, G.I. Joe's action figures, at one time, I actually, there was, like, a, there was, where I lived, there was a little tiny ditch in front of the house. I went and took a hose and blocked off two parts and made a giant, my own, like, <laughs> <laughs> a little moat with filled water. And I had, like, a, I had like these two, uh, those stands you put next to a, uh, the back of a tr- truck to, like, drive something up. And I made a bridge. And I had, like, a, basically, I had, like, a boat and some vehicles that I wrecked and stuff. And I had, like, a whole, like, hard rain scenario. I just was, it was awesome. This is the first, I saw this movie in the theater with my brother. And it was the first movie I ever didn't buy a drink for. Mm. <laughs> that's that's my wow. Big, that was seriously. I remember that still. Like I remember thinking, like God, I really want a drink. I can't believe I didn't get a drink. And I just watched them. Yeah, I think was, <laughs> at this time, Christian Slater was in a couple action movies, like a John Woo like movie. Uh, what was that called? Was he in a John Woo movie? Christian uh, Slater. It, yeah, it was uh, with Christian Slater and um, a Wind Talkers. Not Wind. No, no, no. It was like seven years after. No. Uh, with the, the stealth bomber that crashed. Oh, the Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was oh, in that. God. That's right. He was in a, yeah, he was the, in something else. I think that was in 95. I think this is like the last of his, I think this is like the last, one of the last movies that he was the star of that came yeah. out in theaters. Like this was the last, like he, he kind of, his star kind of faded after this one. Yeah. And this one actually, it has uh, Minnie Driver in it, which she was actually starting to be up and coming. I think she, she first was in ap- Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, she, she was in that. She yeah. first appeared as an, ex- as a, uh, like a small cameo role in uh, GoldenEye as a singer who was like singing yeah. way off key on okay. the Russian. I yeah, she was like that. Robbie Coltrane's lover or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, she's in this. Uh, Morgan Freeman's in it, and he plays actually the bad guy. And I'll just you know say what's going on for any spoiler. But he basically is uh, Morgan Freeman, and these uh, three other characters are uh, in cahoots with uh, a. Uh, one of those armored truck drivers, which is the part, it's an older armored truck driver. Who's a partner of, uh, Slater Slater. And they, I don't know why I just slipped his <laughs> name, slip of mind right there. But, uh, they're basically going up and down branches where this flooding's happening and they're just cleaning out, uh, bank branches just before the water hits. And they end up getting, uh, submerged in like his, he finds out towards the end that his partner was in cahoots with these guys who were trying to steal the money. And they, he purposely drove them into some water and submerged the truck, and they were waiting for the National Guard, supposedly. And actually his partner called uh, Morgan Freeman and his buddies to come out and to rob them. Right. And, uh, you know, they're, he's going to pretend to be, you know, a victim of it, but then they were just going to eventually meet up later with the money. But it goes wrong because one of Morgan Freeman's partners, who was this young idiot kid, it was – pretty awful like actor and he, he accidentally shoots at them and kills the uh, partner and so morgan morgan freeman you know freaks out about that because it was a friend of his and christian slater thinks that they're trying to kill him so he takes the money hides it runs into mini driver tries to get help from a sheriff's department which is uh the sheriff is uh randy quaid <laughs> which <laughs> which is hilarious and actually this some of the i okay 
I'll get into where like I used to love this movie and I still do. I think it's a great like just entertaining movie. Uh, but it's got some really bad acting, even from Christian Slater. Just he's got some. It, it, it's not even. Well, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily ba- really bad acting from him. It's just that he's got some terrible like one liners. Just and they're forced. Like there's stuff that you would never say. Like in this situation, or just like for no reason, and I, I don't even remember what they were. Just that they just come at these really awkward times where like someone says, "So what are you gonna do?" It's like, "Yeah, you hit me in the head with a cross." I got like, people gonna come around and see the face of Jesus on my forehead, like he says it, like for you know, and, and like in Randy Quaid's like, "So these guys are," you know, he just completely blows off. He said, you know, just really random stuff, and then basically he's being chased by these guys. He ends up with Mini Driver, and they're. Uh, Eventually, they find the sheriff who goes off to collect the money that he left. And uh, whenever they get back, um, the sheriff at a point decides, you know what? Fuck this town. <laughs> hey, uh, he t- talks to one of his deputies. Hey, you know what? We're going to keep it. <laughs> you know, just the money. And then they start <laughs> shooting at both uh, Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater. And he's like, wait, what are you going to You're going to kill... Uh, you gonna kill Slater too? I forget his name. Are you gonna just kill him too? It's like, yeah, they're witnesses. You know, it just it gets really it just it just kind of turns on Jesus. a dime all of a sudden because at the beginning, it's just it's really it just kind of weak the, the way the story turns like that. And uh, but there's some really cool action effects like the sets. They had to have spent a fortune making this because most everything's practical. There's a couple overhead seventy million seventy million. There's a couple overhead shots where they show like the town and other parts of the countryside, which were really weak late '90s CG. Oh, right. I mean, yeah. if you were not looking on an HD TV, it would look pretty decent. But with HD TV, it just it looks really bad. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it uh yeah, it has some moments in it that are pretty cool. There's there's a couple decent squibs, especially like at the end when uh, it both uh, Slater and uh, Freeman uh shoot whenever uh. Quaid's about to kill uh, Driver. Uh, they both turn their uh, pistols on uh, Quaid and shoot him. Like, there's a couple of uh, expl- ex- squib explosions on his back and arm that look really awesome. And he's just like up against the boat and he's like, ah, you nice. know. And he's uh, he's got this like wicked 38. I don't know. He just he's never you never see this on a, a cop like this kind of it's like a like custom made stainless. You know, <laughs> it's just really cool. And there's a part in it I've always loved it and always will. Like it's an effect you don't see often, but they're all blank firing guns. And there's a part where it looks like they connected the camera or like somehow rigged something to connect with the camera to Randy Quaid when he's shooting this this mini 14. Mm -hmm. And it's just the camera's just getting just jostled and shaked every time he fires. And it's almost like close up and it's it's like a bright flash every time he fires. But you see the shells flying out. Dun, 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 dun. You know, it's just really, it's like really loud. And Gives abrasive. you the impact. Of yeah, I love that part. You know, um, but basically, it's just it's a pretty uh, it's it's pretty decent uh, action movie. It, it, it I watched it a couple years ago, and I think I gave it a three and a half. But this on this rewatch, I I dropped to about a three. Hmm. I still give it a like because it's 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 entertaining, but it's it's it it's pretty cheesy, <laughs> a lot actually. Cool, but. Uh, John? I don't have any more. Kevin? So I watched, uh, first I watched Killing of a Sacred Deer, and then I watched The Lobster. Both very, very interesting movies. Very well well made, well shot. They look really great. The stories are pretty unique. Um, not 
amazing because for me some of the stuff was like okay some of this was like a little like too like meandering especially like especially towards the end of uh, the lobsters like yeah it's like okay where's this going oh it went there that's eh, not at not quite so interesting but um where was i going with that but yeah, still, <laughs> yeah. First, first time seeing both of these, and um, which one is better? I liked Killing better. Me too. Yeah, um, like Colin Farrell just fucking rules in both of these. I really like and, the uh, the direction of the acting and Killing. It's very like yeah. weird and stilted and yeah, like Bressonian almost. And I yeah. hate to, I hate to invoke. Uh, Brisson's name because I'm going to be talking about him a lot when I talk about first reformers. But like, yeah, it's like this kind of like almost non-actory, just read your lines without emotion, you know? <laughs> yeah, and like I thought that was one of the interesting things about both movies: the way he does world building. Like, there's no like setup. It's just you're in this world, and it's up to the dialogue and what happens to the characters to put you into the world. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like doing this long like you know setup sequences or anything like that. Sure, I like I like that a lot. Um, yeah, and I am very much looking forward to the favorite. Me too. Yeah, I look forward to anything Lanthimos does now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's great. Yeah, really, really terrific. Very yeah, uh, like, thought provoking movies. Yeah, and like you know, in a in a world with very very few unique visions he has one mm-hmm. cool uh well i uh i watched the indian runner which is sean penn's first movie which i'm not really going to talk about because it wasn't very good mm-hmm. but uh it's based on a it's based on a bruce springsteen song like he heard a song and was okay. like i'm gonna make a movie about this song and it feels that way it feels very like thin and lame and is this the one where like the the dude is a cop and like his yeah. brother kills kills a guy? No, he doesn't. Well, he does. Uh, does he kill a guy? Yeah, he kills a guy. It's at the very end though. Anyway, yeah, right, it's, right, it's right. like uh, yeah, it's like David Morse is a is a deputy sheriff or the sheriff or something, and he yeah, uh, yeah. his brother Viggo Mortensen comes back from Vietnam. And, yeah, uh, Viggo Mortensen's just like you know the wild man. He's got tattoos and stuff, and he was just like he's crazy. He drinks all the time, and he's just angry and he hates everybody and uh he gets married to uh patricia arquette who is just a smoke show in this she is so good looking in this movie she's mm. very young <laughs> and uh <laughs> she's got this like pixie cut i don't know it's insane but uh he marries her and of course you know their marriage is terrible and he treats her terribly and he hits her and shit and uh he's just a loose cannon and he ends up killing a person at the end of the movie and it's just it's just not very good i don't know it's really like overacted i feel like i mean that's just like sean penn's thing it's like mm. he just lets the actors like run really far with things and i think it kind of fucks his movies up sometimes i really like the crossing guard which is the movie he made after this and i think he does the same thing with that but i think it really works with that because he's it's nicholson you know and Nic- right, you can't, you can't right. let nicholson go far i mean maybe the depart is a little bit far but <laughs> but <laughs> nicholson is uh nicholson is just great so yeah but i, I really liked uh i think Mort- mortensen is a little bit of uh over the top in it but i think david morse is a really unsung just great actor and i, I wish he had done more stuff when in his prime because now he's an old man but anyway uh that's neither here nor there i'm just going to jump to first reformed which i saw at um uh, 
our local Manship Theater, which is just a really shitbox piece of shit place to go see a movie at. The screen sucks, and uh, the people who go there are the worst human beings on earth. And they treat the theater like it's their living room because I don't. I, here's why I think I think they don't see it as a theater. I think mm. they see it as like we're at the art gallery and we're we're part of the Baton Rouge art scene and we want to talk about art even while we're watching the art happen. It's just like just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like they were just laughing at parts of this movie that are not funny or meant to be funny. And mm. First Reformed is very um, complex and seems very serious it's very serious it's very (laughs) complex it's very like philosophically complex and there's a lot of shit going on in it and it you need to concentrate while watching this movie and it's very difficult to concentrate when you have like 55 year old you know yacht rock enthusiasts uh sitting behind you laughing at you know and just gasping at things and you know it's just like everything's a shock you know it's like this movie's not about plot it doesn't matter that like like you'll see thing you can see things coming a mile away in any movie, but it's just like he's <gasps> <gasps> like shut the fuck up. Wow. I just Jesus. seriously line them up against the wall and execute them. I'd go for a fascist government if we could kill all the uh, the the Neanderthals like these people, the Philistines, you know. But unfortunately, fascism need that, they are uh, the Philistines. Need to be that episode of Star Trek, uh, <laughs> like what the, you did there. Yeah. The alien planet where, like, anybody who's uh, a- at age 60, they, they, they get put down. I mean, I would go even <laughs> I'd go earlier than that, 48. Just let's take them out at 48. Cause so you're, these so people, you're on the Logan's Run side. Oh, yeah, where definitely. Where it's, like, 30 just and take, take them down, yeah. Just right, take them right. down right now. I, I, you know what? I'll gladly be the first martyr if it means a better world for movie lovers. <laughs> uh, no. But uh, anyways, about the film itself, uh, mm. Ethan Hawke plays a pastor at a church in upstate New York who is... I guess it's fair to say he's having like a crisis of faith, but it feels just more like it's just like he's just kind of he doesn't have faith anymore. He's just kind of mm. done, but he's not angry about it. He's just kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever. And he's just he's more concerned with running this church, which is kind of uh, in disrepair. Mm. And it mirrors him. His body is also in disrepair, like he's sick and he's ill. And uh, so he's trying to, like, take care of himself, take care of the church. There's this mega church that uh, is the same faith, and it like runs this church, so nobody goes to this church. Everybody goes to the mega church, and um, uh, he he gets involved with some. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it, but he gets involved with these uh, this young couple who are having issues, and uh, from there it just it's the weirdest. Like you would never like if I told you what this movie's about. You'd be like, that sounds kind of stupid, but it really works. <laughs> like, it really works, man. And uh, this, there are scenes just with Ethan Hawke is just fantastic in it. Uh, I was listening to a, the A24 podcast with, where Sofia Coppola interviews Paul Schrader about this film. And he talks about how Ethan Hawke's just recently starting to get the right kind of lines in his face where he's interesting now. <laughs> so that's why he <laughs> cast him. And I was like, that's really it's it's true, though. He's like old enough now. He's got a lot of character in his face. now. He, he's really come back. It's amazing. Yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah, like he he rules. He's terrific. <laughs> and um, Amanda Seyfried's in this. She's really good in it. Cedric, the entertainer, plays the pastor of the megachurch. And yeah. he's quite good. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it's just a good, uh, a really good movie. And I, I mean, maybe kind of silly to say, but. I haven't seen every Paul Schrader movie, but the, I would say this is his best film at this point. I mean, it's 
really tight and well made and and just you can see, you see his influence he's talked about Brisson a lot like throughout his whole career and especially with taxi driver yeah and you can really see it on the direction of this film like it's all static shots and even some of the acting is kind of like that kind of uh emotionless stilted kind of thing and mm. uh it's shot in four by three like standard <laughs> uh golden ratio as david mamet calls it and uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't. It's just really well done. It goes to some incredibly dark places at the end, and I highly, highly recommend it. Nice. So if you have the means to see it, see it. It's coming out on Blu-ray in August on twenty on twenty-first. Oh, cool! So, nice. uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I gave it a five. It's amazing. Um, nice. Not a six. No, nah, it wasn't quite a six. But honestly. I mean, it is. It's mind blowing. It's just. It's just. It like it just stays with you. It takes so much thought. Like I, I had to think about it for a few days. Like I'm still thinking about it. Like, whereas with Hereditary, the movie I gave a six to, it was more visceral. It was just like, right at the end of it, I was just like, I'm. I felt like physically different, having watched it. You know, like it, like gave me chills and stuff like that. You know, so just like that kind of visceral feeling that that movie gave me. Mm forced me to give it a six uh but first reformed is i mean every bit as good don't get me wrong it's just a different kind of it's more challenging it's way more challenging uh and i mean i guess for lack of a better term it's more more of a serious a more serious film <laughs> but uh yeah definitely recommend first reformed rustin do you have another one yeah one more that All i'm right. just gonna briefly uh <clears throat> mention it's uh i last movie i watched before uh the deep dive was uh thor ragnarok it was it popped up on Netflix and uh just decided to watch it when I got home one afternoon and uh it's uh I would say I know <clears throat> uh Kevin you're a pretty good fan of the uh some of the Marvel movies I, well are, this one in particular I love this see, one yeah. I was this one I would say like my still my favorite and I know both John and Jonathan know the reason it is Winter Soldier is still my favorite <laughs> is because the Winter Soldier uh Bucky Barnes is like like a character from Metal Gear Solid video game, and that that's the main reason I like, and I just uh, love the character. And I was bummed when he was, uh, you know, one of the one of the one of the ones killed off. Spoiler in the uh, uh, Infinity War, but he's, he's not. He's, he's not coming killed. back he's like back, everyone yeah. else is in the yeah, sequel yeah, because yeah. they're going to go back in time and fix everything. You know, because of uh, I re- I heard that uh, Ant Man and the Wasp actually in like the in one of the scenes they like they apparently talk about some kind of like quantum thing where like they they can go back and and fix things that oh, happen in the past. so like that's they're setting up how they're going to rescue these <laughs> yeah. dead characters yeah but uh it, anyways it, <laughs> what i like about thor ragnarok like if, if i didn't like the winter soldier the way i do and because of that like thor ragnarok would probably be my favorite out of all those movies because it it doesn't even feel like the rest of the marvel movies it feels almost like a it feels almost like uh just Force Awakens, not on the same level, but like it just it, it's entertainment value to mm-hmm. it's like very similar, and it's mm-hmm. got really good music in it. Um, it, it. I mean, if you didn't know who Thor was, or you didn't ever watch these movies, you just started watching this. It's like you know, or if Thor was called something else. It would be a really entertaining sci-fi movie, you know. Just and it and it's got some elements from other video games that I like. I mean, at one point, whenever he loses his hammer, he's uh and he starts using lightning, he becomes a striker titan from Destiny at, at one point. You know, it's just, uh, 
there's just you know, there's a lot of elements I really like in it. And uh, Mark Mothersbaugh does the score. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Um, of Devo fame. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it would be the other of the Marvel movies I rec- I would highly recommend. Like I really like Black Black Panther too, but uh, this one I, I just I don't know. It, it's I think you've already seen it's Black about Panther as, too. <laughs> it's about Time as travel. well, <laughs> but uh, it um. I feel like this one, even though it's about, I think probably the same length as uh, Black Panther. I just I felt like it it's it's easier to watch. Just, yeah, it, it goes by faster. It feels like, or it doesn't feel like it's as long as it is. Yeah, it's um, so there's so much comedy in it. Black Panther yeah. is four minutes longer. Ah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I gave it a uh, it's a I, I also saw a three and a half and a like. <laughs> solid, solid. And, uh, Kevin, you have any more? Yeah, let's see. I'll just go through these real quick. Um, let's see. I rewatched Barton Fink. That was really, really good. John Turturro and John Goodman rule in this movie. Uh, rewatched Raging Bull after not having seen it for a long time. Like, and I'm noticing a trend with Scorsese movies. I can't, like as a teenager and like early twenties, I was not at the level I could appreciate Martin Scorsese's movies. Mm. Like, you know, I just didn't get it. But like now, now that I'm older, I can appreciate his movies a lot more. Um, gave both of those a four, and rewatched Repo Man because I was showing it at the library, and this movie is so much fun. It's like it's an easy. It was an easy five for me this time. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's go do some crimes. Yeah. Let's let's go get sushi and not pay. (laughs) (laughs) And and like Tracy Walter and Harry Dean Stanton and all you know everybody. It's it's Emilio 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 yeah yeah like stuff yeah like I it took me a little bit to warm to warm up to him but like watching it again it's like yeah yeah I like more I was like I feel like like I mean I mean Emilio Estevez is kind of like a you know he's like a just like a throwaway movie star from the eighties but like. I think it's like a good performance from him in this. Like he's, yeah, he's yeah. like, I mean, not that he's bad and like, he's good in the breakfast club and stuff. But I think like in this, he's like, he's, he's good in this. He's very, he's entertaining to watch and he's, he does a really good job. He's got a chip on his shoulder and everything. He's yeah. Oh, yeah. really works. Yeah. And like, I love, I he's love kinda, the he's kind of, he's kind of, sorry, just, he's kind of like squeaky clean almost. And like yeah, everything yeah. else that he's done, like he did the, you know, I guess cause of the mighty ducks. Like you just yeah. think of the mighty ducks yeah. constantly. Yeah. Pretty but much. It's like, when you watch this, it's like he's a badass in this, and he's yeah. got using language and and there's another film uh, that he directed actually called Wisdom. Have you seen this movie? No. It's, uh, he he and Demi Moore are like a couple, and they rob banks. Ooh. Yeah. I I saw it when I was a kid, and I haven't rewatched it recently. I have the VHS tape. I don't think it's on DVD, but uh, okay. I'm looking for. I'm gonna try that one out. Maybe I might rewatch Repo Man also. But yeah, I, yeah, he's he's good. Sorry. Yeah, and. Um yeah, like I like I said in my letterbox review, it seems like this is like all the fun of going to a punk rock show without having to deal with the bullshit of right. a punk rock show. Without worrying about getting stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> stabbed or like slammed into the wall during, right. you know, a dance a mosh fight, pit, mosh yeah. yeah, mosh pit and like, you know, just dealing dealing with, you know, idiots who want to try to t- talk to you about marxism and yeah. shit. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh and yeah, Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to our deep dive. 
this is a movie called Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> it's Rustin's pick. Uh, Rustin, why don't you tell us a little bit about this movie and why you picked it to talk about? Uh, <clears throat> well, it's one I think I first saw it, I believe, on TBS years ago. It was uh, probably, well, it was more like probably the late 90s when I saw it. The movie uh, came out in 1986, directed by John Carpenter. And uh, starring Kurt Russell and uh, Kim Cattrall. Yeah, Kim, mm. yeah, she's and, on uh, Sex in the City fame. Yeah, and uh, the uh, f- and the f- the good friend, the other uh, central character in it, uh, Dennis Dun Dun. I think it's Dun. Dennis Dun uh, Wang Chi. Mm-hmm. And it's got uh, James Hong, who's in all. I mean, he's been a you know, a character actor in a lot of stuff. Uh, as Lopan, the uh, villain. He's the uh, father of Wayne's girlfriend in yes. Wayne's World, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, whenever it switches to the dub over, Wayne, you have impressed me. You are worthy of my daughter. <laughs> you know, he starts doing that. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. But, um, yeah. Victor Wong from uh, Tremors. And sidekicks. I was gonna say three ninjas, but oh, that's what I meant. Not sidekicks. Three ninjas. Mako Mako is in in sidekicks. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. three ninjas. He's the the grandpa, right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But uh, it is a uh, it is a movie about uh, basically Jack Burton or Kurt Russell's character Jack Burton, who is this just you know all American, you know macho man but you know basically a big idiot <laughs> and, uh, dr- dr- truck driver and he yes he like it does a truck run to uh somewhere in san francisco or yeah well little china basically i believe san francisco at the, on the uh, yeah. docks and uh they he goes to visit his friend uh wang chi or dennis dunn and um at first, they have it starts off with uh, you know these just old friends getting together and they play. Uh, it's I guess it's a, some some form of Chinese gambling, and uh, it gets to the point where <clears throat> Wang is owes Kurt Russell and loses a bet and Kurt, owes Kurt Russell like a double or nothing for like a thousand dollars, and so he tries to weasel his way out of it. And Kurt was like, no, 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 no. And then he says like, okay, I really have to go. I need to go to the airport to pick up my wife. And so there's a lot of stuff happening really quickly in the movie and they kind of slowly, but I think it's from the perspective, the audience's perspective, the audience's perspective is like Kurt Russell's perspective where he's just like, what, what's going Like he's, he's like that the entire movie. Cause you know, and they kind of slowly explain stuff, you know, as it's happening and everything like that. Um, but it's basically Kurt Russell's base gets tied up with uh, this whole thing with Chinese uh, black magic mysticism, and there's this war going on between two rival gangs in Chinatown, and one the bad gang works for Lo- David Lopan, who's the uh, basically they they call him they literally call him the Godfather of Little China, and uh, he's also this evil spirit or a dead warlord from ancient china uh like 2000 years prior and he's just living as a an evil spirit trapped in a decaying body and the uh <clears throat> plot is where he's trying to basically find a girl or an asian girl or any girl with green eyes to uh <laughs> you know fit, you know get undo this curse uh, cast upon him so he can rule the universe from beyond the grave you know or check into a psycho ward, whichever comes first. 
and the movie is really it's it's really cheesy, but there's a lot. It's it's it. I feel it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's just like a lot of just stupid humor and some just you know it's self-aware exactly. john, john carpenter knows it's cheesy yeah that, and that's yeah. and that's then that's it makes it really funny there's just a lot of over extreme acting by these like especially the uh the villains the the four or no the, the three storms <laughs> these guys are just like basically they're all about to pass out from all the uh gag shrieking and stuff you know it's just <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah I mean, like they're powering up and you know like dragon ball z or something it's just, yeah it's, speaking of the cheesiness just uh like Kim Cattrall and, oh. and uh, Margot, the two women yeah. in the film, or the two American women in the film, are uh, like the exposition, like when they're yeah. just like explaining things. Yeah. It's, yeah. It almost feels like John Carpenter's like, you know what? Let's just make fun of exposition. Let's yeah. have these characters just explain <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. that's going on. Yeah. And, and he's cool. like, David Lopan, the guy who runs Chinatown, he does this and this and this. No, yes. this is like, <laughs> like everything we need to know about these characters. Just, yeah, there's uh, just a lot of that right the entire yeah. movie. Yeah. And, and and but at the same time, you know, Kurt Russell's character is like, "What? What the hell? What the hell's going?" You know, it's it's yeah. a lot of that. So it's like you're basically Kurt Russell this movie, except right. you're just yeah, you know, it's 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 well, funny. It reminded me. I mean, just as far as that goes, like it reminded me a lot of like a uh, like speaking of Goldfinger, like a like a James Bond kind of thing. Only mm. be only in as much as. I don't know what's happening in this movie. Like, I don't... I I found it mildly difficult to follow the plot just from, like, one thing to the next, but I didn't really care because yeah. Yeah. who cares yeah. what they're doing? It's just... I just want to get to the next scene where they're, like, doing kung fu and stuff yeah. and, like, yeah, shooting yeah. people. But that, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's... It works. That's, like, almost like the... Uh, like the point of view from from uh, Jack Burton. Like, every, every time they, like say something or explain something he's like yeah okay whatever let's go you know just yeah. let's, just, let's just take care of this i want my truck you know it, it's, yeah. it's it's it was like saturday morning cartoon like yeah story yeah line, yeah like through exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah it could have been a cartoon easily yeah but i like how this is like an original story it's like it's not i mean it's like it has throwback to stuff i guess but it's uh i don't know i liked it i like the uh the style it was really cheesy <laughs> yeah i think it's uh and yeah really well made like yeah. it has some good practical effects yeah and some, i think uh, the effect all the effects are really good actually i mean like surprisingly good at times uh and actually i want to bring yeah. up something we were talking about the other day with uh how uh the squib usage how was when i asked yeah. the question how you uh when like in the, there's one scene where they're when they're escaping for the first time uh, from Lopan like the uh, security yeah and they go in under under the water into the sewer area right and right, right right all the security uh, with that one guy who blows himself up yeah he they, he he you know he points down like shoot the you know shoot at him and so everyone starts opening fire and it goes to a shot of like all the fire you know there's do we no one see around. do you see the bullets going in the water i saw lots of water explosions like, i saw literally. the water yeah the, like, the water was, blows i'm up wondering little, yeah. if they i say my question was i'm wondering if they were actually just had a separate shot where they were literally shooting the water i doubt there's no it. one in the water and there's no one around <laughs> the it's only, just a shot of the water right the only thing that makes me say i doubt it is just that i just feel like i know there are examples of Act like them using live rounds in movies, like it's happened, but it feels like this movie is a little bit too big for them to do something so reckless. I has see. to use like live ammunition, like mm. it's it's a like Kurt Russell's a star at this point. Uh, you know they're not gonna. It's a it's a vehicle by a, a known director. It's essentially a Hollywood picture. I mean I don't know what the production 
history of this movie is, but like it's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I don't I sincerely doubt they were using actual bullets. But I mean, yeah, it's not impossible, I guess. But I, I don't know how they do that. I guess they, I would imagine that it's like like now I know how they do it. Outside of CG, they'd use like compressed air. They use compressed air for everything now. Mm. So like even like if you rewatch Saving Private Ryan, you'll see a, like if you pay attention, you'll see a lot of compressed air like bullet mm. hits on the ground mm. all the scenes when like soldiers are running and like bullets are hitting on the ground next to them and stuff it's always compressed air and you can see like the spouts of air because it'll like yeah. wisp at the end oh okay yeah it doesn't look very good to be honest. <laughs> well, i haven't <laughs> but, seen that in a while yeah but it's happening so quickly and it's you know in cut in with all this other explosions and shit so you right. don't really notice necessarily but if you're paying attention to it but um i think the effects overall though i mean are just like quite good like all the even like the stuff like just like the rotoscoping like lightning and stuff around people's hands Dude, and shit I miss like that. that shit it's amazing where is that yeah, somebody great. bring that shit back it's yeah. way better than CG <laughs> it looks I mean, so just, cool it looks amazing and like the anytime Lopan has his uh, like light coming out of his eyes and his mouth I thought that looked really good it looks really good yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good stuff and uh, I thought all the practical uh, like creature effects. I mean the the like the whatever that is like the wolf man the, the thing. monkey that was a, that, that was, was a ridiculous. Yeah. 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 yeah, but the but the, the like, eyeball thing, the bulbous yeah, yeah the flesh eyeball. Yeah, that yeah. looks really good. I was like, I don't even know how they're necessarily doing that because it looked like I mean it was moving quicker than I thought I they could do feel, animatronics. Yeah, right. I, I kind of thought it was like stop motion. They just sped. Um, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they. I I mean, it looks really good. Whatever it is, but uh, yeah. A shot by Dean Cundy, who is uh, Carpenter's like kind of go-to uh, cinematographer at the time. But he's he I think he also shot he ended up shooting Jurassic Park later. He's a good good cinematographer. The movie looks really good, it's just really well made and yeah. slick looking, and all the like the the sets at the end, like the where they're doing the wedding, the the yeah. statue with the neon yeah. lines all over it. <laughs> yeah. That's just cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. and the massive skull. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. I just, and I gotta I gotta add, it's got it's it's just. It's like it's it's just nine minutes over that uh, ninety minute. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a really a good time. Spot. I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not long or anything. I mean, right. I, I've never like God. I wish this thing would fucking end. Uh, I mean, it was enjoyable to mm. watch. I was going to mention briefly. I just want to get his name. What the fuck, <laughs> Al Al Lung? The you know who I'm talking about, Rustin. He gets his back blown out in Die Hard. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. This guy rules. Like, every time I see this guy in a movie, he is so good at, like, martial arts in movies. Like, he's... Oh, yeah. In this this one, even, in that first scene when when they, they meet in the alley and they're fighting... He's into. He's like more into it than everybody yeah. else. Like he's really angry. He's like busting shit. He's like breaking boards and shit. Like throwing people into walls. And he throws that guy into the into the window. Dude, yeah, like that was so amazing. reckless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> when he comes out, I, I, I think it was him. Maybe I'm switching him up with another another uh, extra. But like he, he comes out and he's got he's got he's got the um, just a meek lever. And he's yeah. like swinging that around and stuff. <laughs> he's he's great. I yeah. he's in uh he's in Rapid Fire, which we will be doing a deep dive of in September oh. when it's released on Blu-ray. Uh, can I? Yeah, sure. I, I, I want to <laughs> can, yeah. can I? <laughs> yeah, it's but been a while. He's, he's so good. good in that too. Like he's got this amazing fight scene with Brandon Lee. But anyways, I just wanted to mention him because I feel like he's kind of like I don't know what he's doing now, but he I mean, he's like Wasn't he in Force Awakens? Was he? fucking legend. I he think maybe there was a guy who looked just like him in that mm. that scene where they're on the spaceship and like the he wasn't in Force Awakens. He oh. wasn't. Okay. He hasn't been in the movie since 2014. Okay, because there was definitely a guy who had like a very like 
same hair, same mustache. Mm. He was uh, in that '70s show. Oh, and Deadwood as in one episode as Laundry Man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Just wanted to mention Al Lung because he just fucking rules. Uh, the the speaking of the uh, the alley scene though. Like the two groups of gang members are, they run at each other like uh, Braveheart style. Is this the first example of that kind of like? There's that shot where they run into each other and they're like, like, like Braveheart or uh, Gangs of New York or whatever. Like, mm. it's like, uh, did that ha- has that happened earlier than this film? Is that the first example of this I don't kind know. of like groups of men running into each other? Another rival like gang film. I don't know, like like uh, West Side Story or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Probably didn't get that violent in West Side Story though. Oh yeah, maybe yeah, the Warriors. That's early. Been. I didn't see it, so I don't no, know. I don't think there was anything like that in the Warriors. I don't, I don't think, think there's so. that many gang members in the Warriors. Though. Each gang is like six members, right? <laughs> it's like no. Well, the, the gangs in that movie were massive. Just that whenever they went to that meeting, it was like only the representatives. Eight, yeah. Only eight or six could could yeah. go of each gang. Yeah. And I think whenever they're being chased and even they have fights, there's like no more than. Like sixteen yeah, yeah. people in the. Well, I'd like to say then I'll just go on the record and say that this is the first example of that <laughs> yeah. happening in cinema. And All right. kudos to John Carpenter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know how I haven't seen this until now. Uh, you I haven't would, seen this? I, I have, see. I thought really? this was one of yeah. like you and Rustin both no, had watched this when you were kids this. or something. Uh, huh. I would have fucking loved this as a kid, though. Yeah. yeah. This has. This is like. I mean, it's not a kid movie, but it's like it's just like it's right kind there. of a kid movie. I mean, it kind of is. I mean, like, I think even they knew that because like the PG thirteen rating popcorn yeah. movie had dude, this like, been rated yeah. R. I think my, I mean, I like the movie, mm. uh, but I think my rating would be a lot higher if it were more violent, well, yeah. like more graphically yeah, I mean, yeah, violent. Same right, here. Right. I mean, I still yeah. love it, but like, yeah, they could have used a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for squibs. Yeah, and there's and no, more squibs. There's no squibs. And like, actually, whenever they're fighting with the swords, like a little more, just like you know, yeah. arms. I, off, I was expecting. I, I would have loved to see some beheadings, and uh, I mean, just like, <laughs> or like, oh yeah, arms getting lopped off or something. Just like, just something kind of like you know, '80s violence. You know what I mean? Would have been. Uh, made it more exciting. I think but one of the most violent parts is that they do like a, a Steven Seagal like arm break. Oh yeah, the, the break. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Intense, yeah. Yeah. All that <laughs> stuff was gross. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, just don't have any blood. And that's, right. that, I think right. they were just holding back. I think the only blood in the whole movie is when he does the marriage ceremony and he uh, pricks yeah. her with the needle, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, the needle of love or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, Kim Cattrall just uh, never really thought of her. As a uh, as a person, <laughs> <laughs> no, as attractive, but like, good God, she is good looking in this movie. Yeah. I mean, like, she's yeah. really good looking in this movie. I don't think I've ever seen her like pre forty. I don't think like, I have either. Yeah, she's. I mean, but did you see? Movie. Um, well, you I'm saw sure. Wrath of Khan recently, right? Was she in that? Was she in? Yeah, that? she's like she's got like the bowl cut, like the bob, and like she ends up betraying them somehow, and Spock slaps her across the face. I thought it was a. Uh, uh, the Undiscovered Country Six. Oh, that that's right. That's right. It was uh, okay. My, it was, my bad. It was Christy Alley who was in Rather Gone. That's it. Christy yeah, 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 yeah. But Cottrell is in Undiscovered Country. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't know that I've seen this woman in anything. I. I feel yeah, like. Oh, I mean, she's in Turk One Eighty Two. I. I saw that, but I was a kid. She's in Police Academy. It's been a long time. And Bonfire of the Vanities. Like I've seen all these movies, but it's been like 10, 15 years since Bonfire I've seen them. Bonfire of the Vanities. She's yeah. in a movie called Live Nude Girls, which I need to see now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and she was she was in a movie, um, My Boy Jack, where it was a thing about Rudyard Kipling and like um, 
Daniel Radcliffe plays Kipling's son who gets killed in the First World War, and Cottrell plays his wife. Oh, she's in Baby Geniuses. Uh, how did I miss that? She's in, she's in 15 <laughs> Minutes also, which I totally forgotten but now i remember her being mm. in that uh but anyways uh yeah she's i just wanted to mention how attractive she is in this film she's yeah. very very attractive i mean all the women look good well marco doesn't look good but the the, the uh, other asian lady looks really good too but right. um yeah uh how about kurt russell though i mean yeah he's great he, he fucking he's, rules he's, just, <laughs> yeah. he's very funny yeah like he's very one of my very favorite funny. parts is whenever Some eight foot tall madman stares you between the eyes <laughs> Say, yes, sir, the check's in the mail. Yeah. One of my favorite parts was uh, whenever they're about to enter the sewer to uh, go into the labyrinth underground to get enter Lopin's lair. Mm-hmm. He's in there talking, and uh, he, he turns to, like, uh, I think it was Egg Shen, I believe, and he's like, so where are we going? Are we going down there? He's like, yes, we must go down, and, you know, enter an underground uh, into, the, you know, where the black blood of the earth is, you know, <laughs> and, black and, blood of the earth. and, uh, I say, yeah, I remember that. You mean oil? No, I mean black blood of the earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, whenever they're about to you know, like, uh, I think he was, Wayne goes like, you're not afraid, Jack. I'm no, that does nothing. I'll be all right. And then he turns around and as he's walking to the thing, his, his face just becomes a grimace as he's about to go. <laughs> I still love that. He's really doing a, I did. It took me a while to realize this, but like, Almost, almost in the last like ten or fifteen minutes of the movie, I realized that he's essentially just doing a John Wayne impression the whole movie. Yeah, like, everybody, yeah, re- everybody, yeah. relax. I'm here. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. even more so than the character. I mean, like even his voice, like his inflection. He's like, you know, like he's just real. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, I let's it, go. Let's it, take care. Just you know, make, he just yeah. like, it's that like the swagger thing. The whole going movie on. is making fun of shit. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Obviously yeah. making fun of that macho like right. hero. He doesn't fucking solve anything. The only thing he yeah. does is he's a bumbling a idiot. Yeah, I mean, he really he doesn't do anything except kill Lopan. Yeah. Spoiler accidentally. Yeah. Well, like not even like purposely. I guess it's, it's like, a weird. That's a weird <laughs> scene actually. Yeah, because he's like Lopan's like reflexes. goodbye, Mister Burton, and then it's like he just catches the knife and kills him. And it's like, it's, it's, it was like the reaction in the beginning, like where he he. Uh, deflects the bottle or whatever he catches the bottle yeah yeah oh yeah and he like doesn't fall for see the i didn't even think about that that's what i got it as i don't know yeah because after yeah, he yeah. catches it and throws it he like you know he's like did i just do yeah, that you know? i didn't i didn't understand that the bottle thing was a trick at the beginning i thought it was like because i was wondering about that too i was like what is i thought i thought he was gonna i thought he was gonna cut the bottle in half and lose the money Right. Yeah, it hits it and it hits you in the face. Yeah, I know, but I was like, "That's what? That's a <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's his best friend's gonna do that to him, like <laughs> yeah. crack him in the nose with a bottle and steal his money." Yeah, know, yeah. it's kind of weird. But uh, I yeah. love like the Gone with the Wind ending too. Like they're like saying their goodbyes, and like Jack walks off into the mist. Yeah, he's like, "Are you? Aren't you even gonna kiss her?" No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the '80s equivalent of, "Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn." Right. Or. uh more recently, the on on uh, in Empire, I love I you. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's just real. He's just really funny and, yeah. and a lot of fun. I like and I liked how they kind of uh, undermine his machismo. Like he's a yeah, he's supposed yeah. To be, like you'd, you'd expect him to be like a badass, but he really can't do anything because he's out of his element. Like everybody else is so much more. Like yeah. they know martial arts and he can't yeah. do anything. All he's, he's got is a tech nine, you know? Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. wrote down some of the, the choice lines. Um, son of a bitch must pay. And the way he says like, son of a bitch must pay. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Uh, I really like when they, do, when they pretend to be uh telephone 
repairman, and he's like, he's like <laughs> yeah. I gotta find the junction box around here. <laughs> the thing yeah, is down here. here. We had a problem with squirrels earlier. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, any of them savvy English? <laughs> <laughs> hey, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> so and he speaks with a yeah, normal accent. English, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, finally, uh, when they go to the door and he says, hollow? Fuck it. That's <laughs> 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 just good stuff. He's, he's really good. I like him. I don't uh, know. I mean, I'm not sure like what the, again, like the production history. Like, I don't know where Kurt Russell was necessary. I know he had done Escape from New York, obviously. A lot earlier. I'd read that, like, originally, like, this was... The thing, right? Sorry, go ahead. Like, originally, this was supposed to be a Western. Yeah. But then, like, the the studio didn't want that, and, like... It was heavy rewrites. Yeah, yeah, somebody came in and put it in, like, modern San San Francisco, and... I want to say they wanted, like, some other lead, but then, like, they couldn't get anybody, so Kurt, (laughs) like... He knew John Carpenter, so yeah. So apparently, so at this point, he had done, I mean, yeah, he's like kind of on the upswing of like, he's about to become huge. He'd done uh, The Best of Times, uh, Silkwood, The Thing, Escape from New York, Used Cars, and he had been in, he he played Elvis in uh, John Carpenter's Elvis TV movie. But uh, he was just, like, after this, he does Overboard, Tequila Sunrise, uh, Tango and Cash, Backdraft, Captain Ron, Tombstone. So, like, he's about about to become a superstar. (laughs) Right. Um, Back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of like, it almost feels like this should have been, like, this feels like it was the catapult into that, uh, catapulting him into the stratosphere, except for that. I, I'm assuming this movie didn't do well, or else there would have been a sequel. Think, I don't think it did. Yeah, I think yeah. it was just a cult classic. Yeah, I mean, it says it grossed uh, against the $25 million budget. The wide release opening weekend was only $2.7 million, and it only made $11 million total yeah. in the mm. whole. So, I mean, clearly it like it was a massive uh, failure, mm. but didn't seem to hurt Kurt Russell too much. <laughs> yeah, Sounds like John Carpenter's thing. I mean, yeah, and I'm not tanking. sure. Where did, what did John yeah. Carpenter do after this? Was they live after darkness? this? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Heart of Darkness what was that? Uh, no, they live was eighty eight. I think right. That would have been after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah they live eighty eight. Oh, he did Prince of Darkness, and then uh, Darkness, that's what you meant. Yeah. Prince of Darkness, and then they live, and then Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which again put his career on hold. And then he did yeah. In the Mouth of Madness and Village of the Damned. Yeah. So, um, uh, Escape from L.A. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> and then John Carpenter's Vampires. And then Vampires, his his masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> I need to rewatch that again, starring uh, James Woods. Just that scene at the end where he's like, uh, let, me, "Let me ask you a question, Father. When you were uh, when you were stabbing that vampire in the heart with the steak, you get a little wood." <laughs> <laughs> the only thing about that movie, though, is James Woods is so skinny in that movie. He just every time I see it, like he's cool, but he he just he just doesn't physically look the part of this guy taken on. You know. I always thought of him, his body no. type. I agree with you. I think of his body type in that movie. He seems like short and skinny, and it reminds me of uh, your uncle Steve. Yeah. Like every time I see him, he reminds me of like the same body type as your uncle Steve. Could this guy take on vampires? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your uncle Steve was a, was a small person. You know what I mean? A small guy. So like it's yeah, it is a little. Uh, Though, uh, from what I remember, Michael Steve was a lot more muscular than uh, James Woods, though. That's the only. To be thing. fair, you never see James Woods without his shirt or anything. Yeah, I mean, he could but, be. Uh, he could be like uh, wiry, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that explains why no sequel, just the no mm. money. So yeah, yeah. yeah. As I'm sure there would have been. It's definitely uh, set up for the jump scare at the end. Sets it up for a sequel. Yeah. 
I'm not sure yeah. where you would have went with it since Lopan is dead, but maybe he comes back. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, any anything else to say about this? Not really. It's ratings then. Kevin, uh, three and a half. I'm going three and a half as well. I go three and a half as well. And actually, Rustin, mine's, just, come mine's, on, mine's uh, sticking the same as I rated it uh, two years ago. It's a three and a half with a like because it, it feels it feels three and a half. It's it's got that solidness. Yeah, but it's ah yeah it's it's cheesy, but it's. It, it, yeah, like I, I agree with you when you say that. Like, if it had had more blood, if it was rated R with some more blood and squids, I think I could have gone higher. up to four and a half on it. Yeah. If it was like if there was some good violence in it, but that's you know. how do I that feel was lacking in the yeah, movie. That would be honestly. great, but like I, honestly, as it is, it, it's just it's just entertaining, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. just a really entertaining film. Yeah. So uh, okay, well, moving uh, right along to our feedback for this week, finally got some feedback from Jordan. Who asks us a question that he also did ask on Facebook, and I actually responded to him already. But he uh, says, uh, "Any of you guys seen In the Soup from 1992, directed by Alexander Rockwell? Steve Buscemi acts. Apparently, it beat out Reservoir Dogs that year for the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance, and then fell off the map. Curious if it's worth seeking out. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, have you guys seen In the Soup? Never. Seen I it. have not. Rustin." Uh, I remember on Reservoir Dogs, the DVD had like a like retrospective of like a lot of people who were at Sundance, uh-huh. not Can, uh, right. but like um, he went to like, Can with Pulp Fiction. Did he not Tarantino. go to Can with Reservoir? Dogs? I don't think so. Okay, did he win Can with? Yeah, him? he won Can uh, with Pulp okay. Fiction. Of course. Wait, so he wants to know about it beat out. This movie for oh, the Grand right, Jury right. Prize at Sundance. All right. Um, this movie beat out Reservoir Dogs. Right, right, right. But then, as he yeah. says, fell off the map, and nobody talks about it in the soup anymore, which is unfortunate because they should because it's actually quite good. I I okay. bought it blind at Fye, uh, yeah. just because it was directed by Alexander Rockwell and uh, starred Steve Buscemi and Seymour Cassell. Seymour Cassell, right? So I was, uh, you know, into it, and uh, it's 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 good. It's funny and it's kind of lighthearted and. Uh, like almost like a dark comedy or something, but it's mm. uh, it's not bad. And there is a famous kind of image of it of uh, Seymour Cassell standing uh, with a, a poster of Stalker in the background. Oh, <laughs> the Russian poster of Stalker, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 decent, Jordan. Okay. And I I responded to him and told him as much. So I I'm I'm gonna lend him my copy. But anyway, cool. Uh, there's another feedback from our friend Cedric Mannheim. Uh, says, uh, stop your bitching about no feedback, no feedback. Here's a question for you. Uh, and then he numbers it one, even though there's only one. Uh, what are some major assholes in movies? Total dicks, I think about the bad guy in The Breakfast Club. What an <laughs> asshole, right? Manheimer out fucks. Uh, yeah, so good question. Uh, assholes in movies, uh, super dicks in movies. I think the guy, the yeah, the... You mess with the bull, you get the horns guy from Breakfast Club is a great example of a dick. Yeah, I think yeah. the janitor's a dick in that movie, too, though, you know? I mean... There's a lot of dicks in that movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Judd Nelson's a dick yeah. in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else? Can we think of other assholes in movies? Uh, um... I mean, it'd be easy to just say a villain, like a bad guy in a movie, is obviously going to be a dick, but, like... Right. I think it's... Mm, Maybe like uh, I mean, you can kind of say uh, 
and I can't remember the name of the character, but in Whiplash, the uh, oh the, the oh, sure, yeah, sure yeah. yeah, I mean oh, that's yeah, one that's yeah. like hard to watch. To be honest, with you. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jonathan, not a fan of uh, Whiplash. Uh, no, I know it. It's not bad. It's just a little over the top, right? It's I guess not, like it's not uh, that important. You got like lots of movies where um, there are like you know bullies. Bullies are always assholes. So yeah. like. I'm trying to think of like something where like a kid gets bullied in a movie. Dazed and confused. There you go. Yeah, Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck and Dazed and like yeah, Satan yeah. in that movie. Great example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ben Affleck and Dazed and Confused is a great example of an asshole in movies. My yeah. God. Um, oh, uh, I was gonna. Uh, the movie I watched a few weeks ago called The Incident with Martin Sheen. Martin uh-huh. Sheen is a huge dick in that movie. Oh, right, uh, yeah. Because he's essentially just bullying the passengers of the train the whole movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's a dick. <laughs> a lot of dicks. A lot of dicks. <laughs> so much so that he causes his own death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, like both, uh, both the, um, well, I guess there's like the one lead killer in man bites dog. Mm. Like he is just absolutely like the lowest of the low, like beneath contempt, pure shithead. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's kind of the point of the movie. So it's been a while since I've seen that one. Yeah. It's, I, I wouldn't recommend it cause it's just, like, it just, well, it goes a little too far. Honestly, I'm going to bring up a movie. I talked about a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Stanford prison experiment. Mm-hmm. Oh, My yeah. God. Please watch this movie. Oh, like the the guards, in dude. That movie, it's you know? in it is. It was like physically upset. John Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> physically upset. It's just like upsetting to watch this movie. Yeah, I think that's the best example like, of any, any kind of dick that you find in a movie where you're like you get frustrated with how much of a dick they're and being. You, I, I, I kind of <laughs> right. like. I kind of like. I mean, I got into the movie and I'm like, I'm like putting myself in the characters of the prisoners. I'm like, dude, if I was in that position, I'd just like lash out, right? Yeah, you know. But like, yeah, and you're asking yourself the whole like, why aren't you doing something? And it's just it's so frustrating. It reminds me. Yeah, that reminds me again of. Uh, I was telling you that uh, well, lately I've been giving Frasier a rest and I've been watching Friends on Netflix, which is. Just a really disposable program, but it's very easy to watch. And uh, there's a, there's a, an episode where Ross and Chandler are at the coffee shop and they get bullied. I think it's called the one with the bullies or something. But uh. Nikki Cat plays one of the bullies and uh, just a huge asshole in the show. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's one of those situations where it's like frustrating because you're just like you're all adults like what are you, how are you getting bullied by other men who are your same <laughs> age and your same build and it, like you know because right, I mean? yeah. he has a goatee he's scary but uh <laughs> yeah, he's just a real dick you know yeah and, uh i can't remember his name but there was uh a prison guard in the green mile who like specifically oh, percy? like percy yeah, yeah like he doesn't he doesn't wet yeah. the sponge right. before they execute that guy and it ends up like he might be venturing into the evil territory. Like just villainous. Yeah, yeah. Like beyond, you know, just a dick. Right. But, but uh, he is a dick though. Also. I yeah, guess, yeah. Yeah. I got one for you. Uh, Adolf Hitler and falling. Uh, <laughs> Hitler and downfall. Downfall. Yeah. I was about to say huge. falling down. Reverse it to downfall. Huge dick. Massive huge asshole. <laughs> Biggest asshole of all time. Right. Right. Uh, there was a, there was a documentary called you've been trumped. So Donald Trump in that documentary, huge asshole. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Giant dick in reality. Yeah. Uh, Donald Small Trump, dick. Huge asshole. Yeah. But giant dick. Yeah. yeah. A, a <laughs> giant yeah. dick with a micro dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think those are all good examples. Uh, so 
Thanks for that question. I think Ben Affleck takes the cake. Ben, I think Ben I Affleck mean, it might mean, like, be like, like the quintessential yeah. dick. Yeah. Even yeah. honestly, even think about Ben Affleck and Mallrats. Yeah. Huge. Definitely. Dick. Definitely. Yeah. The customer's always an asshole. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. And well, just pretty. I think. Yeah, probably every single character in Found. Yeah. Huge dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, even, even the kid. Yeah. Sorry, Winston. Dick, but the even movie. the mother, a dick. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. The, the movie is a dick. Yeah, the yeah, to me. It's, a bu- it's bullying me. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Winston's a dick for making us watch that. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for your question. Uh, if you want to write to us, our email address is feedback at filmiacpodcast.com. Uh, you know, I just realized... Visit our website at filmyacpodcast.com, but I just realized that we don't have a movie for next week because John is coming back next week, and right. he is supposed to text me <gasps> to tell me uh, the movie that we are supposed to watch, and he didn't, so I'm going to call him right now on the show, okay? Put it on speaker. I'm going to put it on speaker, and he's going to uh, tell us what movie that he's going to uh, ask us to watch. What's up, Dick. John. Hello. Hey. I, I want to let you know that you're on the podcast live right now. <laughs> I'm calling because we don't have a movie to watch next week. And you were supposed to text me and you never did. Oh, you're right. I forgot. I'm driving around Maine right now. It's beautiful. And I wasn't thinking about movies. You know what? <laughs> fuck, fuck your vacation, John. Okay, we're here. We're back in the trenches taking grenades here, guy. John okay? is officially the number one dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I can't. I can't film it. So let me. Uh, let me just give you the movie. Okay. I gotta go. Do it. Um, so it's time for you guys to, to shoot on my favorite. Uh, we're gonna watch In the Mood for Love. In the Mood for Love. All right. Sounds great. Who directed that? Wong Kar Wai. Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love. We really appreciate it, John. We'll see you next week. Thank you. See ya. Right. See ya. So we'll be watching uh, Wong Kar Wai's. Uh, you know, cinema school favorite uh, <laughs> in the mood for love, uh, which is apparently JR's favorite film of all time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so right. that'll be next week. And uh, until then, thanks for listening. See you later. Space in a lost day cell. Call your